Yeah. How's that diet going? <laughs> Actually going great. Uh, I'm not going to eat the whole thing, which is, you know, which is new. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it is only on a Friday. I still have my smoothie right here. All right. I hear your doggies in the background. I know. Uh, yeah, our um, house manager is out sick today as well. House manager. So, <laughs> he's not going to be happy. Uh, he's right. having somebody close by. Mm. All right. Well, let me know when you're ready. And... I'm ready. Let's okay. do it. We got four minutes. Here we go. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Sponsored by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Happy Friday, Sandy. Hey, Blake. Happy Friday. How you doing? We are good. What's up this awesome. morning? All right. So the police have finally made an arrest in that uh, fire in um, of the fire station in Northside. So, police station, yeah. Yeah, police station. Oh, gosh, I keep saying fire station. <laughs> okay. Well, was, was it the person they were suspecting? Yep, Davey okay. Banks. Uh, pretty much they caught him red-handed. He's actually on footage, our sources have said, <laughs> doing it. So. Are you serious? Kind of, yeah, kind of hard to argue with uh, with CCTV footage. Um, and apparently he's always at the police, at the yeah police station having a bit of an issue with them, so... He had some kind of beef with them. Don't know what it's all about, but there you go. Um, speaking of other court matters, Cuban national Javier, uh, let me try to remember his last name now. He's the one who's always protesting and he commandeered the Panamanian ship. Remember that situation? Yes. Well, he's at it again. Well, he hasn't really stopped. Um, he has a prolific presence on social media. And now he's actually in court, Javier Verona, for causing a disturbance at a government admin building back, um, you know, last month, I think it was. So he appeared in court yesterday and guess what? He ended up, you know, the police having to detain him yesterday because again, he was trying to protest inside the courthouse and act like he's crazy. And the police were like, nope, we're not going to have this. This is a court of law and you got to respect the courts. Okay. So apparently he was not the only person uh, misbehaving in court this week. Um, Lavelle Marriott, she decided in her trial, this is the one who, boy, we got some interesting characters around here. This mm -hmm. is the one who was twerking in front of the government building, remember? Yes. And I they've arrested her for, um, disorderly conduct. Um, so she, her, uh, wait, is twerking at the government building against the law? Well, in the way in which she was doing it, probably yes. Okay. So, um, her trial was suspended on Wednesday after she was caught taking pictures in court. So she reportedly took pictures of the judge, witnesses, and news reporters present in the summary court on Tuesday, which was the first day of her trial. So now they've had to vacate the trial, um, you know, and it's supposed to be resuming. So it's just, it's just crazy. It seems like those poor judges and magistrates and court staff, I kind of feel sorry for them. Mm -hmm. They seem like they have a lot on their plates these days. Mm -hmm. no, sh no shortage of cases. No shortage of cases and no shortage of madness. Um, yes, we'd like to extend our condolences. Yesterday morning during the show, we got a bit of breaking news that was really, really sad. Mm -hmm. uh, Regal Jackson, age 65, of Georgetown, 
apparently died after encountering some difficulties in the water. Um, he was there, we understand, oh. with his grandson. Yeah, super sad. So we just want to extend our condolences to that family this morning as well. And oh. those are your news headlines for this Friday morning. All right, Sandy, we'll catch your show coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM. Have a great weekend. Thanks. And we'll see you with Aaron in the studio back on Monday. Awesome. All right, All right see ya. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct It's the cold hard truth Now, now Join the conversation on 345-936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. T-G-I-F. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? Woo, we are sick around here, honey jam. I was just taking myself some of these tablets um, for cold and flu and whatever this could potentially be. Tested yesterday for COVID. Tested negative. I'll test today again just to make sure. But we show up to work even when we are sick, honey child. Let me fix myself up a little bit here. No no need to look so, oops, there we go. No need to look so rough just because you're sick, right? <laughs> eh, eh. So um, my gosh, yesterday I slept like a log in the afternoon. I'm just all kind of mashed up. Um, oh, a call already this morning? Gosh, this is an early riser. Good morning. Morning. Just letting you know the radio is playing like your show and another show at the same time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay, I'll let Chuck know. Um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. So thank you for that. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I will let him know. Okie dokie. So uh, let me see here now. Yeah, sometimes that happens. I'm not really sure what causes it, but um, I started my link early, so I don't know, honey, chill. But appreciate the call. I was going to say, oh, you guys are ready for some talking this morning. All right. <clears throat> so um, all adults around here are sick. Poor Miss Stacy. 
She's got whatever this is as well. I think it's just a flu because, man, I was so tired and achy. And so I uh, made my tea this morning. I don't know where the honey is or what Miss <laughs> Stacy has been putting in the tea. So I'm having honeyless tea, honey jam. So um, I don't even know if we have any honey because we used to have some from the farm in Jamaica because every time we'd go, <laughs> my father-in-law used to give us tons of honey. Of course, unfortunately, he passed away, but nobody offered us any honey the last time we were there. I don't know if anybody's not keeping the bees anymore. I have no clue. But yeah, we didn't get any honey. Good morning to Ms. Morna. But anyway, I'm still going to have my tea and I've got my water. Uh, took my tablets and um, we're going to just try to get through this. I'm sure by Monday I'll be feeling more on the men's. But yeah, you know, you once you first get it, like that first day is a sore throat and you feel it coming. And then the next couple of days normally just really knocks you out. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So after the show today, I'll probably be snoozing for a couple hours again. Um, let me see if Chuck has had a chance to fix the radio. Give me one second. I'm actually going to try listening to it to see while Guan. Uh, let's see. Is it fixed? Mm-hmm the radio. Give me one second. I'm actually going to try listening to it. Okay. To see what go on. I think it's okay. Is it okay now? That part sounded fine, I think. All right. Morse Morna, good morning. Ogre, good morning. Um. Oh, great. Zeus is going to be in here with me this morning. I hope he got a walk because otherwise we got a problem. <laughs> um... You know, he's he's used to having people around, so I know he's going to be barking down the place if he's not in here. All right. We've got Ogre. Good morning to you. Miss Bonnie's here joining us from East End. Let me just see if he actually got what. And uh, Miss Morna, thank you so much. She says, I hope you feel better. Uh, okay. Uh, Brenda, good morning to you. Ervalyn is here. Miss Olive, how are you? Um, Felicia, Wee Wee, Stephen. Stephen, did I see you post something about your mom's birthday? Was that you or somebody else? Oh gosh, sometimes I get I get so many messages. I'm like, mm, I thought Stephen messaged me, but I can't remember. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you, Gary, for confirming the radio sounds good. Miss Juanita is here. Miss Iva joining us. She says, TGF, please all be safe on the roads. Miss Alice is in the house. Happy Friday, Miss Alice. Debbie's here. Um, so, Debbie, um, did I read you say the other day that you've been living overseas in the U.S. for the past year? Did you move somewhere? I didn't even know. Good morning, Robert. And I think you said it's not all that it's cut up to be and the people in Cayman should be ever so grateful. Ugh, it's all relative, trust me. Uh, I think on, the only thing that might be kind of attractive, depends on where you live in the States, is that maybe some goods are cheaper, but then a lot of times by the time you finish getting taxed to death on everything, it works out to be probably about the same percentage of your income that you have available to spend. But I, I keep seeing all these messages. Oh, you know, I need to leave Cayman. And I'm like, go ahead. 
that's the best life lesson that you can get is to leave Cayman and live somewhere else because you will appreciate that despite our imperfections, this is still an amazing place. And you're not going to worry about nobody kidnapping you or your kids or, you know, mall uh, shootings and all kind of stuff. You know, there's so much for us to be thankful for. You got to move forward with an attitude of gratitude. Trust me. And the whole finance thing is not what it's cracked up to be. I know what y'all thinking. Oh, I can find a place cheaper. I'm like, hmm. Certainly depends on where you're living and how far out you're willing to go into the country of wherever it is you're living. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, yeah, that needs a little tip of honey, to be honest. Ooh. And to be quite honest with you, um, even then, you know, the quality of what you get even in the U.S., yeah, shabby, shabby. Trust me, I've seen it. These multi-million dollar homes, I'd be like, child, they done nothing. They made a plywood and, and sheet rock. Not one bit of concrete in them. Good morning, Everton. Thank you so much. Uh, Manuka honey is best. Where can I get it from, Jim? Anybody on island has it? Buenos dias to Miss Alba. Barbara's here. Richard's in the house. Beulah, Miss Beulah, Olivia, Marshall, all here. Uh, Miss Beulah, um, that package is ready for you. I'm not sure if I told you that or not, but... You can go and check the location that we discussed for your package. Okay, so yesterday was quite an interesting show. I will tell you all that the premiere is coming on at 8.30. <laughs> um, Zeus, what on earth are you doing? Oh, my gosh. This dog. So um, you'll hear this dog scratching on the mat. Oh, my gosh. He's something else. Oh. So, yes, the premiere is slated to come on at 8.30. So let me be. Let me hurry up and get all the controversial stuff out of the way. Um, I, I realized after speaking to him last night exactly what happened, but I'll let him explain it. I comprehend. And I think that from his perspective, I can definitely understand why he was uncomfortable with the conversation. I'll explain it to you guys. Okay. So listen, let me wrap up a little bit of something um, about the guy that we were talking about yesterday, because this is actually really, really important. So he was working for this place called um, Savage Inc. Now the dude has been, like I said, all over the place. Um, but yes, he was working for Savage Inc. And one of the things that they've been doing, so they contacted us and they're like, oh, you know, he doesn't work for us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, really? So uh, one of the things that these people now do, which I find so interesting, is they try to erase the history of people online. So they've been going, Savage Inc. has been going on their social media and they have been purging, literally, every um, tattoo that, that um, what's his name, Shang Yang Guerra has done. They've been purging, Zeus, leave that alone. They've been purging every single tattoo that he has done in hopes of um, erasing him. I guess, you know, like what people are gonna not going to know that that's where he was. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that, honey chill. That's not exactly how it works. Now, you know when people try to be smart, but they're not really all that smart? Hmm. Here, let me tell you all something. First of all, people already had grabbed photos of him. I think he's, he has a permit with them, temporary permit or something. I need immigration to look into actually when he started working for them. 
Because based on their social media photos and when he was saying, oh, he's doing tattoos, seems to me that there is a bit of a problem with when he would have been working versus when his permit was approved to work with them. Y'all love y'all as social media. And sometimes you are exposing your hand more than you realize. Hmm. I'm just saying, immigration, look into it. WRC, look into it. Because based on what I've seen, I do believe that they got a problem. And go after these employers too. You don't think that they, listen, the tattoo world, the tattoo business world is not that big, right? You don't think that they would have heard all the stories about this guy? Everything from showing up drunk to work and all the other allegations of sexual misconduct? I don't believe for one minute that they would not have known. It's impossible. (laughs) Everybody was talking. So turning, willfully turning a blind eye to bad behavior when you decide to employ someone is probably not something that is in your best interest. And now that the proverbial S has hit the fan, all of a sudden they're trying to distance themselves from him. And, um, you know, they're like erasing everything on social media as though he's never worked there. So um, that's not good. But let me tell you what's even worse. Anybody from Savage Inc. listening this morning? Because y'all think you're fooling people, but at the same time, you're really not all that bright. Here's why. Hmm, honey, chill. Let me give y'all the sus now. Look, yeah. One thing that they forgot was to purge their website. So you can purge social media all you want, but look who's on your website as an artist. Cuban tattoo artist right there. See him right there, son? And then you have his portfolio. Talking about follow him on Instagram. Yes, see? Y'all forgot Savage Inc. to properly clean up. And um, by the way, um, he he's also an artist. I must say his artwork is very good. What a waste of talent that he's got these problems, allegedly. But you can go and uh, check out, and this is where now, you know, immigration WRC needs to get on it. You can go and see exactly when he started doing tattoos at um, Savage Inc. versus when he actually uh, got a work permit approved. I'm just saying something isn't adding up. But yep, there he is. They forgot to do the website. Maybe that took more skill than they had and they have to get some web person to do that for them. Very, very interesting, honey chair. But they're like, oh, he doesn't work for us, really? I don't know why you'd have him on your website then, talking about meter artists. Hmm. To the best of my knowledge, no work permit has been canceled either, despite the allegations, the arrest, and charges. Yes, uh, Marshall says Savage Inc. is not so savage after all. Child, they be trying to be smart. But, you know... There's always somebody who's a little bit smarter than them and paying attention. Good morning, Keisha. Diamond Princess is in the house. Good morning to Paul. He's wishing everybody, all the wonderful people that came out, a good morning. Jim says you can't hide from CMR. <laughs> It'll, it's going to take you some time, Jim. It's definitely not that easy. We got eyes and ears everywhere. So there he is, honey chow, right on their website. A lot of criminals are doing this now. 
whenever they arrested because they don't want us to get um, their pictures and stuff like that, they go and start deleting their social media content. But I find you can't delete everything. Mm-mm. So, yes. Hey, big shout out to little Liam Hurlston. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, kiddo. Um, he is all of eight years old today. Uh, Liam is for uh, Judy. And uh, what's Hubby's name again? Eden Hurlston. So, yes. Um, I remember when he was born. A year before Gigi, really. So he's eight and she's going to be seven in a couple days. So uh, she was saying to me this morning, Mom, how many days until my birthday? And I was like, five more days. She's like, oh my gosh. And then tomorrow it's going to be four more days. I said, yes. <laughs> when you see them understanding concepts like one more day means one less day. <laughs> then, yeah. All right. Uh, RD says moving to the USA is not a good idea. If you're going there with only a high school diploma or even an undergraduate degree, unless you're rich, that is. Yeah, RD, the competition is stiff, not just there, but all over the world. And again, you know, that's part of the reality check that our people need. Because I see so many of our people who've not invested in themselves, who are talking about, oh, they could have a much better life overseas. And I'm thinking, y'all, y'all are so delusional. <laughs> I'm like, a much better life overseas. Which, which country exactly would that be? Because <laughs> I can tell you what, a competition is stiff. And some countries, even a master's degree is nothing. Everybody's got one. It's, it's like, you know, having a cup of tea in the morning. Everybody can have a cup of tea. Everybody can have a master's degree. They really strive for excellence. And so unless you're a high level expert in something, you're going to be on their minimum wage too. And all the way at the um, bottom of the totem pole. And quite frankly, not really commanding any sort of fantastic salary. Good morning, first lady. So lots of birthdays this month, as you guys know. So um, I have my birthday that's coming up on the 18th. And um, I tell you what, I'm going to give way in honor of Liam. Is he listening this morning? We're actually going to give away our first birthday present of the month. All right. Hold on now. Let me tell you how this is going to work. I have, oh Lord, do I need to take a commercial break to go get it? Uh, I'm going to get a picture and just show you guys what it looks like. So um, we have, and y'all know I love to give good gifts, honey chow. Now this one is definitely worth it. Hold on. Let me get a little picture of what I'm giving away. Brand new in the box. Um, ready to give away this morning. Oh gosh, hold on. Let me grab the photo. This is so cool. I saw this and I thought, we definitely need to get these for the August giveaways. This is so awesome. All right, give me one second here. I'm going to pull it out. I'm trying to think of the question that I'm going to throw out there. I can't make it too easy because these are amazing gifts. This is like a $200 gift right here, honey chow. Hold on here now. I'm going to tell y'all what's what. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. 
So this is what we have up for grabs this morning. You know, I'm always telling you guys that you have to um, really be on top of things. Uh, when it comes to driving and safety on the road. And I recommend every single person has a dash cam in their car for more reasons than one. So our first giveaway this morning, cha-ching, hold on, let me pull it up. I'm gonna show you all this. Uh, let me see here now. It is going to be the world's first 360 dash cam. So what we mean by 360 is it actually like is a sphere. So it's like, uh, I'll show you the shape. <laughs> it's a sphere. Yeah. So, you know, most dash cams are like front and then they might have a additional cameras, but this one can actually turn 360 degrees. Check this out. Isn't this cool? So it is the Omni, it's called the 70 My 360 rotating superior night vision, built-in memory storage, time-lapse recording, 24-hour parking mode, AI motion sensor, 1080p full HD, built-in GPS app control. So you can even install it on your phone, honey chill. Pretty cool. Look at that. Nice. Shows you um, night vision. They have their night owl vision. F 1.5 aperture. Yeah, man, it's nice. I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, la, la. And then you can put the app on your phone and you can monitor things. Now, lately, some of these criminals have been stealing cars. I got to tell you all about that this morning. Um, but this one comes with the 24-hour AI surveillance. Now, it does require the hardwire kit. And guess what? I'm connecting you with the hardwire kit, too. So that's an additional purchase, but I got you. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey chill. All right, let me see what the trivia question is going to be this morning. Um, oh, I got one. I got a good one. Okay. So I just said that, and you got to call in. I don't care how many y'all type in. You've got to call and let me give you the number. By the way, big shout out to um, Miss uh, Kathy over at Quick Images. Poor her. Apparently, she has a phone number that is very, very close to the CMR show number. And so she said, Sandy, what was your topic today? Because people kept calling my phone. Miss Reba, I think you were calling her about five times. Talking to her, and she's like, this is not the cold hard truth. 9362626, not 326 or whatever. It's 926 Bobo. All right, 936. So, yes, honey chow. Y'all been blowing up that poor woman's phone. She's like, geez, I'm peace, Sandy. I can't take any more phone calls during your morning show. And then there's another poor lady who has a phone number that's close to my personal number, and she's always getting phone calls. She said, they don't believe me when I said this isn't Sandy. They're like, yes, it is. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay. Ready for the trivia question? Morning, Carrie Ann. Alejandra's here. Corrine is saying that she shares a birthday with Gigi on the 9th. Yes, girl. All right. We got a couple anniversaries. 
Now, this requires you to pay attention. I can't make it too easy now because you're getting an amazing present. So I just told you that today is little Liam Hurlson's birthday. He's um, eight years old. Who else is celebrating um, a big anniversary in the month of August? You got to tell me who and what anniversary. So that's, I don't want to make it too easy, but it's an organization. And then the second part to this question, we got to make it challenging, honey, Jim, is um, we have somebody else who was on the live this morning who just celebrated a work anniversary yesterday. So you got to tell me who that person is and what work anniversary did they celebrate? Does this dog need to go outside? Zeus, do you have to go outside? Honey, child, that's going to be a little bit challenging this morning. Can you just lie down and behave? I soon have to take a commercial break and just let him out back, honey, jail. All right. So part two part question. 936-2626 is a telephone number. Um, so what organization is celebrating an anniversary and which one is it? And then who celebrated an anniversary yesterday? Who they are? What, where, where do they work and what anniversary? I know. Kind of a tough one. I'm prison thought they had the answer, and then they're like, I don't know. All right. Uh-oh. I think Zeus has to go to the bathroom. Oh, oh gosh. Sorry. I accidentally hung up. Yeah. Zeus, I feel you. Give me one second. Oh, Lord. We have to let Zeus out. Good morning, caller. Yeah. Zeus, I feel you. Hey, Airways. Yes. What anniversary are they celebrating? <laughs> they're celebrating just the five years. Okay. And, and it was my work anniversary yesterday, Corrine. Yes. 25 years. You've been paying attention, girl. Congratulations, Corrine. You're getting yourself this beautiful, consider an early birthday present, this beautiful 360 dash cam. Congratulations. Wait, where's Zeus? All right. Congratulations, my dear. Thank you. All right, let me take a quick commercial because I literally have to walk this dog. We can't have any accents inside, so we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, K-Man. If you have been chosen for the STEPS National Health Survey, thank you so much. But we still need your help. 1,000 more people need to participate in Step 3, the final step of the survey, to ensure that our data reflects the whole population of Cayman. We cannot do this without you. Help us shape Cayman's healthcare services. Say yes to Step 3. For more information, contact the STEPS team on 936-4969 or email mhwsteps at gov.ky. For 20 years, we've committed to helping the people of the Cayman Islands live longer, healthier, and happier lives. But healthcare and the expectations of patients are rapidly evolving, and so must we. We have made incredible clinical and technological advancements and achieved JCI accreditation, the internationally recognized gold seal of approval for patient safety and quality of care. So it's time for our image to reflect our transformation from a local hospital to a world-class healthcare authority with a new logo that symbolizes national duty and pride, a statement that reinforces our commitment to our patients every step of the way, with colors as bold as our mission to provide the highest quality healthcare. Dynamic, professional, skilled, committed, caring. This is HSA. 
Now, y'all love Popeye's for my fried chicken, but the real ones also love my salty, flaky, covered in butter biscuits. Well, biscuit fans, have I got a treat for you. Introducing new irresistible strawberry biscuits at Popeye's. The perfect balance of salty and sweet thanks to decadent strawberry bits baked right in and mouthwatering creamy icing on top. The perfect dessert for just $2.29 or grab six pieces for $12.59. Strawberry biscuits forever. Not forever, I'm afraid, honey. Limited time only and only at Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen on Eastern Avenue. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. All right, folks. Congratulations to Corrine, quite fittingly. One part of the question was about her celebrating her 25 years at the Cayman Turtle Center. And the other part of the question, the answer, was Cayman Airways is celebrating their 55th anniversary. Now, you know what this means, right? Cayman Airways has rock bottom sale prices on right now. So 55 years with airfares on sale for travel this fall. Book now to get some amazing deals to everywhere they go. Miami, Tampa, New York, La Saiba, Kingston, Havana, Panama. Or Los Angeles. Wait a minute. Isn't there one destination missing? Are they not putting that one on sale yet? Ooh, honey, child, I need to go. I need that Barbados one. All right. Cayman Brack, Little Cayman, also on sale. This amazing sale starts today, and it ends on August the 12th. Now, here's the thing. You better hurry up and call reservations at 949-2311. Travel agent will get you all sorted out. You can also book online at caymanairways.com. You guys know how this goes, honey, Jay. Y'all sitting here going, mm, I need to do my Christmas shopping. I need to think about it. Don't think about it. Pick your dates, book your dates, and get the sale price. Because some of the sale price tickets, like round trip, are super amazing. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that, okay? Call your travel agent and say, listen, Sandy told me to put the show on pause right now because y'all are having a sale, and I need to get on that sale. So congratulations to Corrine. Don't worry. We have more to give away. So we're going to do, I think we have three dash cams. So we're going to give away another one on Gigi's birthday and another one on my birthday. So make sure you keep it locked. You want these dash cams, trust me. Speaking of security and dash cams, my goodness, you have got to be so careful out there. Uh, people are now stealing. It seems to be an uptick in people actually stealing cars. A 79-year-old woman yesterday, oh my gosh, my sinus is just like kicked in. But a 79-year-old woman yesterday 
had her um, Hyundai, what year was it? Vehicle stolen. Now, you know, y'all are ridiculous. Uh, going stealing from poor people. My God. Like, what next? Anyway, they went and stole this woman's car. I want to thank the Good Samaritan that called us within 30 minutes of the post going up on social media to say, hey, Sandy, I know exactly where that car is. And I said, really? Honey, chow, they found this little Hyundai um, down in, uh, let me see here now. It's a Hyundai Serena. Is that what they're called? I don't know what year it is, but it's an older vehicle. Um, they found it down in, let me get you the location. One second. I think it was Northward. And it looks like what's going on. And you know what? This ties very, very neatly into the whole beautification situation because um, the Ministry of Tourism and Transport has launched a beautification campaign trying to get y'all to clean up your mess a little bit. And all these derelict vehicles, the most interesting thing about this is sometimes you see derelict vehicles along the roadway. You need to call the police. You need to call the authorities because it looks like what this was is there's like a dumping ground down by Northwood Prison and Regina Avenue. 10, 10 abandoned vehicles in the bush. So, you know, when you see that sort of thing going on, it's normally some sort of a nefarious situation. Criminals stealing cars and stalking them there, whether they're going to be using those vehicles to then commit crimes, or maybe they're stripping them for parts. So folks, if you see something, say something. Even when it comes to littering, we got to clean up this place in more ways than one. Uh-huh. So literally... Uh, the family said, thank you, Sandy. Within 20 minutes of the details of my mom's stolen car being put on Ma Road, I received a call. Um, they then made their way there. They contacted the police who was there in short order and they discovered 10 abandoned vehicles in the bush. Right? Uh, the police blocked off the entrance and um, they now took that car away to do some forensics on it. So hopefully, and I think there might be some CCTV footage around as well, to catch the culprit of who took this car. My goodness. Mm -mm -mm. Poor granny, 79 years old and being stressed out by this kind of foolishness. But uh, it looks like there was no damage to the vehicle, so that's a bit of good news. Now, what I'm being told is that in the area where the um, vehicle was stolen in South Sound, off of one of those little streets in South Sound, there were actually seven homes night before last on that street that were broken into. Wow. Now, we haven't heard this from the police. Not a word from them. So I don't know if they forgot to send out the press release or I don't know why else they wouldn't be telling us. But seven homes is a lot of homes. Here's the thing, RCIPS. When you know that um, something like this is going on, right? There's been a spate of break-ins in a particular neighborhood. I would think that you would want to inform the public immediately because other people in the vicinity or close by might want to start securing their places a little bit better. You know, these older vehicles are a lot easier to steal. Charles, even some of the new ones, um, you know, I'll tell you about some Canadian colleagues that are visiting. They were saying how, 
they were sitting at their porch having some coffee one morning. They saw their neighbor pull up. I forget what they said she was driving. Some nice car. She pulled up in the driveway. And the next thing you know, they see her pulling out. Well, it wasn't her. The second she pulled up at home, thieves came right behind her and took her vehicle, drove it out. And then when she came over, she's like, did you just see where my vehicle went? And they're like, what do you mean? We thought you were in it. (laughs) She's like, no, in Canada, in a nice neighborhood. Uh, She's like, nope, I wasn't in it. They said, oh, wow, we're sitting here drinking our morning coffee and had no idea that the person driving away in your car wasn't you. And it was actually a thief. And so they've had multiple hits in their neighborhood, brand new cars that apparently it's really, really easy for criminals because they've got the technology to be able to just come and take your car. I'm thinking, gosh, these um, car companies have got to do something because I'm sure there's technology that's available to also put, uh, you know, for especially a brand new vehicle to really stop Uh, these thieves in their tracks. Well, you know what? The good old solution is what we used to use back in the day. Remember back in the 90s, everybody had one of these. They were the locks that you put on your steering wheel. What were they called again? Steering wheel locks. Hold on. Uh, There was one that was like really, really popular back in the day. Um, Oh, Lord. What was it called again? But it looks like, uh, folks we may have to start getting these again and putting these on your cars. Because if they can't turn the steering wheel, they can't go anywhere. Yep. They've got some that are like a wheel lock with a flashlight, SOS LED light, uh, seatbelt cutter, everything into one escape hammer. So I'm going to recommend that people start getting these again. What was, there was one that was like really popular back in the days. Anybody remember what it was called? I can't even remember now. Um, So they have those. They also have the handbrake to gear stick lock, right? Where you put it on your shifter, the club. Yes, that's it. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. So I hate to tell you, but... um. You know, I, 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 what a mess. We might have to resort to the use of some old technology. What a shame, right? Mm-mm. I tell you. All right. Um, Everton says life in the United States is very stressful. You have to work really hard to achieve success. If you're behind one month in your car payments, or your mortgage, or any bill, you're in trouble. You can never get caught up, so you have to be on top of everything. You know what, though, Everton, I must tell you, uh, one of the things that fools people with places like the U.S. and Canada, and probably the U.K. as well, is you can get a lot of stuff on credit. So you start getting credit cards, and credit this, and credit that. And before you know it, you know, you got all sorts of credit. So you can buy stuff on credit, But that doesn't mean, remember, you don't own it, you know. You can get a new car and a lease every couple years, but you don't truly own that. And like you said, you miss one payment, and they're the ones who are going to be coming to your driveway, not the thieves, and loading it up on the, um, the, what's the truck called? The tow truck, and having it taken away. So absolutely. 
Yep. Alejandro, yes, we're giving away stuff this morning. Well, we gave, gave it away already. Lizette says, Miss Margaret, birthday's coming up. Many blessings. Big woman now, she think. <laughs> Miss Lucille, good morning to you. Uh, you give me the number. I want your number, please. Uh, so, go slow. I am young. Um, my personal number, 324-1612. It's really not so personal. I feel like everybody in Cayman has it. All right. Thank you, Aliato. Yeah, it was called the club. Like I said, y'all might have to invest in one of those again. Good morning to Jaron Reynolds. How are you? Velasquez. That's my little friend there from John Gray. Now, Jaron, have you graduated from John Gray this year? Were you in the graduating year? Or you still have a year or two to go. I think I saw something about you giving the valedictorian speech or something like that. Johan is here. <laughs> oh, Johan. He's got his popcorn, he said. Colin, good morning. Uh, Damien, good morning to you. Who needs to get fired? <laughs> I don't know who she needs to get fired. Who's she? Okay. So you need to protect your vehicles, folks. Um, you know, the thing I love about these dash cams is because they have the app, the second those thieves get in your car, it starts recording and it'll send it to your phone. So this is another layer of protection that you can certainly add to your vehicle. Records and sends it to your phone so you can have footage of exactly who the thief is. Speaking of thieves, ay, 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 caramba. We were looking for someone yesterday. I think we've now identified him though. Let me show you this one. Um, he was there by the roti shop trying to steal equipment. Um, kind of gave himself away because apparently he was scoping out the place before. Then he came back trying to cover his head, as you can see. But they got some good cameras at roti shop. Mm, I must say. Pants down below his waist. Pull up your pants, son. Pull up your pants. Not a good look. And there he is scoping out the place, trying to see what he can steal. Well, it was a little easy to identify him because he not changing his shoes. <laughs> he not changing uh, his necklace. So in fact, when they looked at the still footage, they were able to say, wow, look at yeah, Look at what we got over here, so. Uh-huh. Wearing the exact same shoes. Wearing the exact same necklace. They were able to pinpoint him. So now the police, I understand his name is Al. The police will be looking for Al this morning. Or, well, it's RCAPS. Let's give him till Monday. <laughs> Might take a while for them to find him. You know how they are. Mm. They're taking their sweet time, honey, chill. But see what he did? He went and scoped it out beforehand. And then look at the shoes. Uh-huh. The necklace, I'm told he hangs out in this area all the time. And then when he went back that night, see the necklace, same necklace. And um, where's the other one with the shoes? There's another picture with him in the shoes. But same shoes as well. He went back on his bicycle. And there he is trying to break off and steal equipment. I understand that poor, there's the shoes right there. Well, I don't know how he was managed to even get up on that table with those pants about to fall down and trip him. 
But anyway, poor Al, I understand, has a drug problem. And so he's always in the vicinity uh, begging and, and so on. Um, boy, let me tell you something. Young people, if you're listening to this show, never touch drugs. I don't care what nobody tell you. Oh, you can use it once and you'll be fine. Uh-uh. Don't, don't bother with that, honey chow. It is the scourge of, you know, the community for a reason. People who sell drugs, y'all need to, ugh, I think you should get a life sentence if you're caught actually dealing and selling drugs. Like, seriously? It's horrible. You can't get away from it once you start. I hate to tell you. Don't, don't try it. Don't test fate. Somebody said to me this morning that um, they know someone, you know, who's an addict. And they said that the first time they tried it, the high was so amazing that they've been trying to get that high ever since. And they keep trying it and keep taking it and keep taking more and more and more. And, you know, the first time there was like this elation and they can't seem to replicate that. Well, eventually I'm sure that person's going to end up killing themselves. That's how they can replicate it. Jeez. It's, it's, you take it once and trust me, the addiction is real. Don't try it. Stay away from drugs. Yeah? No, sir. Mm-mm. Very, very scary. Um, Johan says, is this a repeat show or what? I'm confused. Johan, I have no idea why you'd be confused. Um, well, what's confusing you, son? What's, what's the problem? Did you not have your Wheaties for breakfast? Because you know when you don't eat a good breakfast, you get confused. Your sugar levels might be dipping or something. I don't really know why you're confused. First lady says that she needs one of those to lock her steering wheel because all now I can't get my keys back that they took at Mr. P's restaurant on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I don't know if anybody on island has them. Does anybody have them? Oh, my goodness. Mm-mm. Alejandro says, you, what, you, that boy always, what, you, that boy always cool as Sandra. He's as harmless as a fly. Police need to just chill the a double and process this guy and get him a job. How you expect them to get him a job if he can't stay off a crack? Are you for real? Well, would you hire him since, since you want to get him a job? Aren't you looking for somebody? Hire him then, since you're all about hiring crack addicts. You can't hire an addict. First of all, they steal every single thing. And I understand that his family has tried. Aliana says he needs some serious rehab. They have tried. I understand they've even sent him overseas. Alejandro says no one deserves to go to jail for misuse of drugs. Really? Well, then you better come up with a solution of where you're going to put them because the, the people have exhausted all efforts to help him. His own family has spent good money sending him overseas and no such luck. You know, at some level, the person has to be willing to help themselves as well. Such a sad situation. Oh, Alejandro is going to argue why nobody should go to jail who's doing crack. Here we go. Yes, Alejandro. 
Yeah, what I hear of something about I need to find a solution for what? Yeah, you, you're saying don't put um, him in jail and give him a job. Are you willing to hire him? We can send him to you today. If I could find out what he good skills is, I would have definitely hired him and put him on a strict monitor. Okay, well, we got... Uh, I, but I, if I can't find no good use for him, if I can't find no good use for him, I don't know why my government can't sit down and think about what they can do with him. <laughs> I mean, we got dumb garbage that need to be cleaned up. We need somebody to come and clean it up. Alejandro, if the man has a drug problem and he can't even show up, uh, how, how exactly you are you going to... Okay, Miss Sandra, when they have somebody inside a, inside a um, community service for some drug offense and they have to attend for their community service because they need to serve their little time mm -hmm. that they can't pay for because they got some unemployment problem. Mm -hmm. What do you mean tell me now that the government can't pick up and sit down and find a little $10 hour job for him and then have a, a strict surveillance on him to make sure that he no harass nobody begging for no money or nothing like that. I mean, these people like little children. And, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that if you were a school teacher, you wouldn't just sit down there and expect them to resolve their problems and children out there in the field, resolve their problems, kicking each other's asses. Hmm. All right, Alejandro. Yeah, I mean, let's think about it. Let's think wow. about it. I mean, these people are like children. They're being disconnected to the society. And I understand addiction is mm -hmm. a big problem. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has the mental capacity to think for themselves so that they go in and, 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 and substitute these feelings that they have with drugs and, and, and influence from people that actually see what their problem is and think that they're supporting them. Now, on Sunday, this is being demoralized. Each person that gets caught up in an addiction like this and misinformed that they can't find a job. You know that same well, boy, you... Paul, walking around in town begging people talking about he begging tourists and things on That boy have a family here in Cayman and he at E-Banks. And I know that boy grew up in school with him. And nothing wrong with that boy. Nothing wrong with that boy. Nothing wrong with that boy. And nothing wrong with a lot of these other ones that are around here walking around clueless. They just misguided and shunned. Well, by everybody else I, in society. I but I bet you if that would, I bet you if you had a son like that, you probably would be shunning him as well, right? <laughs> Listen to me, Alejandro. Like I just said, there's only so much that family members can do for an and addict. There's only so much that the government the can addict, do. The to addict right? has to help themselves. Because it's none of their problem. The it's addict has problem. to help yeah, themselves. Yeah, they, you know how sometimes you know how they help themselves with overdose. <laughs> And suicide, oh, Jesus. and healing, and 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 laying, and promoting crime, democracy manifests—all these type of things. Mm -mm -mm. I sorry, I'm not jumping into the rabbit hole with you today, now. <laughs> All righty, nine three six two six two six. Anybody else got a solution that's as easy as that? Let's just get him a job. Apparently. It is that simple, folks. Just get a crack addict a job. Okay. Um, you got to deal with the addiction first. And someone said uh, in the comment section of WhatsApp, they said he would steal Alejandro's eyeball out of his head for crack. Where are the resources and money coming from to supervise crackheads? Once again, government is a solver of all of our problems. 
Uh, we got a doctor in the house who says, Lord, that boy, child, Alejandro, fool like lamp fly. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. Is it that easy? Let's just give him a job. $10, he's not even going to make minimum wage. We're going to pay him $10 an hour. First and foremost, it's not the government's job to fix these people. <laughs> and you cannot fix an addict who is not willing to help themselves first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You might as well beat your head up against the wall, stress mm -hmm. yourself out, and die trying. Mm -hmm. An addict is an addict, whether they be a drug addict, mm -hmm. an alcoholic, a sex addict, or a gambling addict. Yep. Shopping addict. Yeah, it's an addiction. Smoking is an addiction. Mm -hmm. Cigarettes. Mm -hmm. You can't. You can't stop somebody mm. who is not willing to stop or has the desire to stop using or doing. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, if this individual does not want to help themselves, mm. he's just going to waste his life. There's a lot of them out there that do waste their lives. Mm -hmm. There are, however, people with mental illness. Yes. Now, people with mental illness, you can help to some degree. Mm -hmm. But you can't totally fix somebody. Yeah. We cannot enable people and think we're fixing them. Mm. And that's the term that people have to understand, the definition of enabling. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if we're just going to hand out and do and hand out and do and hand out and give, you're not fixing anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I feel you. That, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, caller. 936. Thanks, you too. 936-2626. We have uh, the WhatsApp blowing up. This person says he also has mental problems, but help is there for everyone who needs it. But it ain't no good unless they want it. All right. Morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning. Good morning. Um, I agree. It's not the government's job to get addicts clean. However, it is the government's job to catch the drug dealers. Because I have seen, yes. I have seen cases where addicts have gone to jail mm -hmm. three, four, five years, been clean the whole time, mm -hmm. come out, try to get a little job, try to clean themselves up, and the drug dealers. Mm -hmm. Go to them, find mm -hmm. them. Hey, hey, you want a party? You want a free sample? You want? Yes. So it's not the government's job to fix the addict. It is their job, however, to get the drug dealers off the street. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. Thank you so much. Thanks. Um, no, I mean, I think it's obviously you have to offer programs for addicts and the programs are there. And listen, I sit in drug court all the time. And I see the court sending these people, you know, listen, they will send them to drug rehab and they'll be in drug rehab and still finding access to drugs. Sometimes they're in jail finding access to drugs. So, you know, if the person doesn't have, and I guess there's a bit of um, willpower that's involved, it is a physical addiction as well. And it is complicated with mental health. And I don't know which precipitates which one, whether it's mental health first or, um, you know, the drug addiction first, but you notice a lot of times they do go hand in hand. So some, someone with mental health issues will also be a user. Hmm. 
This person says Singapore has the right idea where they're going to execute you if you're a drug dealer. Uh, this other person says, once again, oh, yeah, I read that part. His mental health problems are drug-induced. There is a difference. Sometimes it is. Another person says, morning, Sandra. Honestly, why do you entertain Alejandro? On the show, all he does is advocate for drugs and find some way to sneak in cuss words. He brings nothing to the show. You can't block him, question mark? Oh, Lord. Every time he calls in, I just roll my eyes and turn down the radio. Hot mess. Um, this other person says, good morning. Hold on a minute. I need to find an aspirin. Alejandro just gave me a headache. Another listener said, he's a nutta. Alejandro needs help himself. But it shows that persons don't fully understand the cycle of addiction. But this is the limited critical thinking skills we have on this island. Wow. Another person says he also has mental uh, problems. But help is there for everyone who needs it. But it ain't no good unless they want it. So I think it's not really a question of us abandoning our children. Uh, you know, there are families here who have children who are addicts. And trust me, it's not for lack of trying. They have tried and tried and tried. Damien says, why does immigration not require drug tests for work permits? Hmm. It's a good question. And I will certainly ask it. Because we do know now that there are people here, uh, we talked about a few cases already, in Cayman Brack and Little Cayman, who are um, hell-bent on uh, continuing their addiction, or I don't know when it started, but it's very, very easy for them to get access to drugs, especially on the sister islands. Uh, Garrett says, if you hire someone, you want to find out what you will contribute, what they will contribute to the business, the person being hired needs to convince the company and sell their skills. Alejandro is making him look bad. I don't know what else you said after that, but it looks like it got cut off. There's a limit on what I see in terms of the comments. Steven said, please hang up. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Let me see if I can see the rest of your comment there, Gareth. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think from, from what I've heard just this morning from people messaging me, I do not think this is a situation where people just abandon him, right? People have tried with this young man. And unfortunately, um, I don't know how old he is. I say young man, but I have no clue how old he is. But he does not seem to be able to get it together. Debbie says, this is when the churches need to step in and help. Lavana, good morning. She says, Al's a very smart young man. But he has a problem. Alejandro, you're not correct this morning. Sorry. I also grew up with him. His family did what they could. He has to want to help himself. Sean says it's not that simple. I'm sure. Listen, I, I can't speak to being an addict of, of drugs. I mean, I might be addicted to, I don't know. Am I addicted to anything? Uh, nah, I, I don't have an addictive personality, but I know... I think that a bit of it is genetics, for sure. And you have to be very careful when you see addictions running in families and when you're exposed to addicts, because a lot of times um, when you see that life, you go down that same path. 
most of you know that I don't drink. I don't touch alcohol. And there's a reason for that. Because I can sit here and honestly say that despite no one properly diagnosing my father, I'm a thousand percent sure that he was an addict. He was an alcoholic. He functioned, right? But when he drunk, I remember this was someone who, you know, would get drunk one too many times. He didn't have that level of control. There's real addiction there. And so although I had very limited experience because I left when I was so young, I didn't really see a whole lot. In my mind, I was like, my dad was an addict. And I can choose to tempt fate if there is a genetic component. I can tempt fate by trying to drink and pretend that I can control it, or I can just not touch the stuff at all. So I've chosen not to touch it. In fact, you know, I've seen people around me lose control in situations with alcohol that I just sit here and shake my head. And I'm, I'm a person who doesn't like to lose control like that anyway. So that would make me feel, you know, really, really bad to even be placed in that situation. Sometimes these are tough choices that you got to make. And just like I said, there's no such thing as, oh, I can hit the crack pipe once. I can snort cocaine once. I can do heroin once. And I'm going to be okay. It just doesn't happen. So your best bet is just don't touch it at all. Don't, don't tempt fate. Don't go down there. Marshall says that a crackhead, and I know people get insulted when people use that term. Forgive us for not being politically correct, but y'all know what we mean when we say crackhead. Somebody addicted to crack um, has to want to help themselves. It doesn't matter how much a family member helps them. It's not going to work unless they want it. Morning to Ingrid. Alejandro says, couldn't do that with me. Sorry, I'm not that easy. I don't know, do what with you, but okay. Um, RD says, Alejandro, people responsible for their own actions. Expecting the government to solve every lazy ass problem, person's problem, I think, is a stupid suggestion. Help starts from within. You know, the crazy thing about this, folks, is more and more I see um, people who unfortunately have this idea in their heads that the government is there to solve all of your problems. So what we end up doing is create, creating people who don't want to do anything for themselves. Listen, every single time I do one of my Cayman Voices series, right? We think we have it bad and we're complaining about this, that, and the next thing. Our forefathers had far less to work with than we do. Far less conveniences. Didn't have cars, didn't have electricity, depending on how old they are, right? Grew up having to use handmade, like make their own toys. Pass that on from one sibling to the next. Create games, whether it was using like gigs or whatever. They had to be innovative with what they did. They had to go out there and hustle and work, walk to work, right? They had a different appreciation. They worked hard. I see people here and it's not like they were millionaires. They were just working to put food on the table. One of them said recently, Sandy, um, you know, 
We didn't have a problem at the dump because we didn't throw anything away. Everything was so valuable, we recycled. <laughs> they knew about recycling before recycling was a thing. Because they're like, we couldn't afford to throw anything away. So if something couldn't be used for this, we'd use it to make wampers or whatever. You know, they just had no choice. Those individuals, they went to sea. They were resilient. Now we're raising a generation of self-entitled young people who's looking for somebody, anybody, the government, to solve all their problems and provide for them. And they're just going to sit back and a lot of times not even try to help themselves. The sad thing is when people see you wanting to help yourself, people will help you. I remember uh, the Boys to Men's program. Big shout out to Mr. Murray this morning, who does Christopher Murray, who does this program, because it gives our young men an opportunity to get out in the community and see that there's potentially a different way of doing things. And I think when you grew up in dysfunction, let me speak from experience here. When you grew up in chaos, one of the most important things that you can do for that child is to make them understand there are alternatives. You don't have to remain in chaos, right? You can choose, you can make choices and you can make good decisions. And I remember that, um, oh gosh, help me remember his first name now. Uh, Anthony Lawson did a couple years ago, I can't remember if it was last year, but he did the keynote speech at their final dinner. And Anthony was saying how, you know, he was involved in, um, you know, a lot of bad behavior. He was going in the boys' home already at a young age. Like all these things were happening. And somebody kind of pulled him aside and said, listen, this path that you're going down, there's only going to be uh, one or two ways in which this is going to end for you. And it's not going to be good. People believed in him. And one of the things he said is that when you do the right thing, young men, people will see that and they will try to help you. Yeah? But you have to start making better decisions. People see you trying, they're going to give you that little job. Yeah? but you have to make a good decision. You have to take the job. You have to show up to work on time. You have to dress appropriately and demonstrate that you want to better yourself. You know how many Caymanians, uh, I was thinking just about Alric Lindsay, for example, he shared his story about how, you know, he got involved in sporting activities, getting out of the house. He grew up in a household with a brother who was a gangster who spent probably more time in prison than out of prison. He said, you know, when the kids were picking on him, he was afraid to go take tell his brother because his brother would go and deal with them in a way that, you know, you can't be dealing with, with minor children. Right? And he's like, I understood the way for me to not repeat that cycle. It's number one for me to get an education and be involved in activities in my community. Because what do they say about idle hands being the devil's playground? When your ch children are idle and have nothing to do, 
They're out there in the streets hanging out with their friends and getting in trouble. So Alric decided to get involved in sports. And I know how y'all think. Oh, well, you know, Sandy, um, oh, them white people, this and that. Um, and I'm getting involved in no squash, that white person sport, really? His desire to want to try something different, do something different, playing squash, exposed him to people. Yes, expats, people with money and resources. And then, you know, when he was out there looking for an opportunity, what did they do when he shows up to Ernst & Young or whatever whatever accounting firm it was? They said, oh, I remember you. You're the little kid that traveled with my kids to go play squash. Always well-mannered, well-behaved. You need a scholarship? We got you. All of a sudden, you got a scholarship to go off to university. But you have got to do the right thing. You can't be out in these streets smoking and fighting each other and causing mischief, running away from home and think that anybody in their right mind is going to want to assist you. That's just not how it works. No matter what your lot in life is, if you demonstrate that you wanna change, you want a difference and you're willing to work towards that, people will see that potential in you. I think a lot of us can think of examples in our own lives. You know, I've got so many examples where people just step forward out of nowhere and be like, I want to help you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, oh, why do you want to help me? You know, I remember when I was in high school, I was involved in this teen court program. And um, we would get up and argue for our, our peers. And I was always the prosecution. You all know me. I'm like, oh, you're behind and you get the most. And one day I had to act as defense because nobody else was there to do it. <laughs> And they said, oh, can you please, you know, do it? And I was like, ugh. Begrudgingly, I did it. And when I heard the person's story, I'm like, okay, I got you. We, we got an explanation, not an excuse, but an explanation as to why you got in this fight. And I did my best. The minimum was 10 hours community service, no matter what. That's what you agreed to when you went into the program, right? But the great thing is you didn't have anything recorded in your record. Like the system was trying to give you a second chance. We need this system here, trust me. So anyway, um, I remember doing it. And then this judge, his name was Judge Caster, long dead. He was an old guy. Even then, I thought he pulled me aside and said, young lady, you have really good advocacy skills. You can really get up and present something and talk and, you know, coherent. He said, you know, what school um, are you going to? And I said, oh, I'm going to Chamberlain High School. He said, I want us to sit down and talk. And I said, what? Okay. We can talk. All of a sudden, he stepped forward to be my mentor. I was like, really? He's like, yes, I see something in you. And you know what he said to me? He said, young lady, you want to be a lawyer? And I said, yep, that's what I want to do with my life. He said, okay. Any law school in the state of Florida that you want to go to as a senior judge in this circuit, you're in. If you have the grades, nobody not doing you no favors and handing you nothing in life. You maintain the grades. You do well in your LSAT. You got to study for that. My reference letter coupled with those things 
will get you into any university. You want to go to Stetson? You want to go to University of Florida Law School? Anywhere in this state that you want to go, you're in. I was like, wow, I appreciate that. But you got to work. You can't come with no mediocre, mediocre grades around here. You're doing AP classes, you keep those grades up, honey child. And that's how it works. But people see you as young people and they think this young person is trying to do the right thing. They will help you. I love to see young people trying, right? The other day I was out here begging, big shout out to my little anonymous donor. He never wants anybody to know that he's donating and helping stuff. But you know who you are, Doc. I see you. I was out here begging for a young man who wanted to go to camp, uh, basketball camp and whatever. And we got him sorted out with his fees so he could go. And the only thing I said, the only thing I'm going to ask of you, young man, is stay on the right path. Do your part. Don't be getting in trouble. Right? People will help you. Okay? But you got to do your part as well. Miss Darlene says it's not fair to say to block Alejandro. He has a right to express his feeling. It's called freedom of speech. Miss Vernita says, good morning. Leave Alejandro alone. He's a human and have opinions like others. Good morning, Damaris. How are you? Joining us from Queens, New York. Oline, good morning to you, darling. Uh, Alejandro says, I don't really want to be here. I just like to support difficult questions. Yo, but on a right, I don't know what that means. Okay, Miss Renita, lost and wondering. Everton says, I think it's so easy for us to say all these things about addicts. I've never smoked, never done drugs, but sometimes you don't know what people do. What Maybe that's why people do what they do. So it's easy for us to criticize. Well, Everton, what I would say about that is that a lot of times we know exactly why people do what we do. A lot of these people come from dysfunctional situations. They themselves were abused as children. And that's why the one thing that I will always advocate for is for us to try to change the narrative for our children right? We have got to be there as advocates for them because they can't start being making good decisions and doing all this other stuff if they have had a poor start in life. That's why parenting classes should be a requirement for every single person in this country. We need to do better from the onset raising our children. That will help to decrease the chances of them being uh, you know, pulled in to this life of addiction. A lot of people who are addicts are hiding something else, trauma that they have experienced as children. Not everybody, but a lot of them are. And so that's why government has an obligation to put programs in place and to try to help parents and young kids and so on. That's why I'm always on this abuse bandwagon because a lot of people who are addicts and suffer with all sorts of mental health issues, when you sit down and talk to a person, oh, I was abused by an aunt, an uncle, or this or that, you know, sexually assaulted. So without a doubt, Everton, 
it is complex. But then you have other people who've gone through a lot of those things are worse and they never turn to drugs. Caller, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. What you say you did to um, Handle now? Who Handle is? Alejandro, you know that. Oh. Little... I, I look forward. I look forward to that little whiny voice. You need to send him to law school. That's what you need to do. Because I can see the CJ. I can see the CJ. And it may be too old to start the journey now. I don't know. Uh. But it's Wow, he, he, he might have to give up certain things to make that journey that he not gonna want to give up. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being dead serious. I know. The law I school know. not gonna not gonna deal with that. Uh, but we got the Truman Barton here. Let's uh, see what we can do. Let him law school. Uh, if you want to hard at it, you can get him going and you can get him off off drugs. You shouldn't be on and on to where he should go. Uh, because, oh my goodness, I want to see a Chief Justice from way back when, before I died, and an Attorney General before I died. Mm-hmm. In fact, before I die, I want to see judges on the bench here in Cayman who are from Cayman. But Alejandro, look here, he, he, that's a star. Send him. Send him. Uh-huh. Three years can be two years for him. Send him. Mm-hmm. And, and again, if the government is listening, Oh my gosh, please don't give me the ganja. I don't want it. Hmm. Not the gambling. I don't want it. All don't right. want it. You hear how you hear, I wanted the government to have good examples of how potential is wasted in this country. And I don't really use that word anymore. I say capacity is wasted in this country for the nationals of this country through foolishness. Please don't give me again and ganja. Send mine to jail when I'm find them what he shouldn't have. They can they, they won't do badness. They can hold a prison record. You send mine to jail. I don't want no ganja. Thank All you. Right. Thank you very much. This person says people with a different mindset, question mark. I think a boot camp here would work. Mm-hmm. Give these boys some direction, self-discipline and guidance from something other than the mob that leads them down the right, the wrong direction. Hmm. This person who's an educator says, because the young uh, men um, more, because the young men more don't have to struggle for anything, older Caymanians have that resilient work ethic and life ethic because they had to struggle. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make uh, easy times. Easy times make weak men. And weak men make hard times. Huh. This person says she don't want ganja, but want Alejandro to be chief justice, huh? Oh, Lord, have mercy. What a mess. Um, this other person says Al has an addiction. It's a struggle for people to recover. Best bet is to never start. Absolutely. <clears throat> This person says, why? The answer is always a lot of permits would not be renewed or granted and government needs the revenue. Why drug tests are not required? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person says, you can't help people who don't want to be helped. 
So true. All right, we're waiting on the premiere. I thought he was coming 8.30. Did I get did I get that wrong? Is he coming? <clears throat> All right, let's continue. Uh, Jackie says, Alejandro, you are right, but boy, you're always getting the whipping post. You are entitled to opinion. I also think you have a good heart, not mean at all. Mm, I don't think anybody's questioning his heart. That's not what's in question. Uh, Everton says, I agree with you. Absolutely agree. But I see so many people, waste of life, destroy the family, the soul, the furniture and mattress on their bed just to get that fixed. Like I said, the best thing is to never start. <clears throat> you know how many people use some of these methadone clinics and uh, people going to those? But you know how many people literally today, they will have their lives saved by um, an EMT or whatever. Um, and then before you know it, they, um, you know, they're back out there again doing the exact same thing. Like literally somebody just saved your life, brought you from back from the brink of death and you just can't help yourself. What a hot mess. Mm-mm-mm. Such a sad situation. Miss Darlene says, hey, I'm not an advocate for drugs at all. I've known until this day, do know some of the best lawyers and doctors, mainly from our neighboring countries that smoke their stuff and life is good. Don't get me wrong, drugs are bad but not everyone becomes useless. I mean, is there a chance you're willing to take is the question, I suppose, at the end of the day. Like I said, I don't touch alcohol for good reason. I'm just not willing to take that chance. It's not worth it. Maybe, maybe there's a 50-50 chance that I wouldn't be an addict. Maybe the 50%, you know, predisposed because of the familial history. But why take the chance? It's, it's not even worth it to me. I don't know what y'all even get out of alcohol. It tastes disgusting if you ask me. So I don't know. All right. Um, let's take a quick commercial break. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the Cuban National. The premier is running late. He's just messaged. Uh, he'll be with us shortly. Big shout out to Cayman Airways. Anniversary ticket prices are on fleek, folks. For 55 years, Cayman Airways has been serving as the national flag carrier of the Cayman Islands. This honor is the core of our identity, our purpose. And when we say those who fly us love us, it's not just a tagline, it's a promise. So we're celebrating this milestone anniversary with you, our treasured community, with airfares on sale for travel to all of our fall destinations. But hurry, this airfare sale ends August 12th. Call 949-2311 or book online at caymanairways.com. Celebrating 55 years as your national flag carrier. All right, folks, welcome back. Welcome back. Get those anniversary tickets today. Um, Marshall says that people are so weak-minded, they just can't stay away from drugs. Well, again, I mean, they might be looking to the drugs to, to you know, cushion some other issues that they're having. So let's do a quick court update on a few things. Uh, before the premier joins us, we'll give him some more time. So, um, <clears throat> you guys saw Lavelle was in court recently taking pictures. <sighs> Boy, these people can pull some ish in court. 
they would have thrown me under the jailhouse at this point, but they keep at it, honey chow. So she went to court, her trial began. You know, I don't really know how, how I don't know the extent of her mental health issues, but I think one thing that she recognizes is that it's important to put on a show. Yeah. So she's all about doing the most at the most appropriate time or inappropriate time for the rest of us. But for her, just trying to maintain this facade of craziness. I mean, I I think she actually puts on a lot. She can be very lucid when she feels like it. And when she does not feel like it, she is all over the place acting the damn fool. I picked this woman up in my car once. Shame on me. I didn't know the crazy. But I I surely found out very, very quickly. And, um, you know, she demonstrated to me. Listen, big shout out to Captain Arnold Brooks. Because he was sitting there as I was in the parking lot trying to get her out of my car. And then she started pounding on the dashboard and carrying on like a crazy woman. Trying to elicit a response. You know when somebody does something and you get the feeling that, oh, this is being done because you want me to respond in a particular way. That's exactly how I felt in that moment. I'm like, oh, she wants me. Listen, I've been in this situation before. You know, you got that crazy boyfriend who wants to pick a fight with you and he just wants to act a particular way. And then when you don't allow them to have that control over you, you see the look in their eyes. They're like looking at you like you're the crazy one. Meanwhile, you're sitting there calm, cool, and collected. Boy, let me tell you something. I have been around some crazy people and I have been able to maintain my composure after the fact I even questioned myself. I'm like, how the hell did you stay so calm? But you know what it is? I think I understand that when you mimic bad behavior, it's not going to help anybody. It's only going to escalate a situation. So sometimes the crazier people go on, the calmer I remain. And a lot of times you don't want me too calm because then something coming after that. That's like the calm before the storm. But That's how she was carrying on in my car. And I was like, what the hell? Anyway. I literally um, just sat there and I think Mr. Brooke could kind of see what was going on in the car with her um, hitting the dashboard and going on like a fool. And I sat there and he came and said, okay, get moving. I said, look. The the um, constable said that you need to get out now. Get out my car. Oh, you know, they're trying to kill me and Dr. Lockhart this and Dr. Lockhart that. And I said, really? Dr. Lockhart is trying to kill you? Okay. But if that's the case, there's a certain way that you go about it. You don't sit in my car pounding at my poor Mercedes dashboard and think that that's going to help you any. Oh, she was perfectly calm after I picked her up. Then I realized who she was and she starts telling me this story and I was like, oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, okay. No problem. 
And she was like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for you over that situation since you believe in prayer. Then when she starts calling down damnation and firestone and brim and whatever, and people are like, oh, well, what a hot mess. Mm, okay. Can you please exit out of my car? So she goes to court. Trial starts and she's there doing the most. Lord Jesus. I don't know what to say. What I do tell you is those grand court judges, don't fool around with them, honey child, because they will throw you in jail. Whether you claim you got mental issues or not, they're not going to be business with that. You go up in there and cause a disturbance. They will take you and put you down below in the cells and send you to jail. But you see, it occurs to me that we have people in this community, Laval is one of them, who really believes in challenging the system and pushing it to the brinks in a way that nobody else would be able to get away with. Because they fiend mental health and whatever else. You know, same thing with the Cuban guy. Y'all saw yesterday where he was being uh, arrested again for his deplorable conduct after court, protesting and carrying on. Let me tell you something. The system needs to stop playing with these people. They are disrespectful to the very court system that we are expecting to uphold the rule of law. And if they can get away with it, I know Caymanian sitting back saying, well, hell, if a Cuban national can come here and get away with it, why can't I? Yeah? If a Jamaican who we've given status to can come and carry on the fool in our streets and making us look bad, well, why can't Caymanians do it as well? I mean, I got to tell you, I do kind of wonder, not that I advocate that kind of behavior, but on the one hand, I can understand the sentiment. Good morning, caller. You saying hello? Yes, hi. Yes, my son. And I'm not willing to take no more scolds from you and your audience, all right? But you see that Cuban national? Mm-hmm. Were you, what, what, in your, in, in your knowledge of the system, who the police officer was, what nationality the police officer was? Which police officer? The police officer that was arresting the man. Um, I'm about to play the video here, but I think they were Jamaicans. It was more than one officer. All right. Point blank, straight. If that was a Caymanian going on that way in the government building, I'm pretty sure they would have had him locked up inside of a small room and negotiate with him very politely. And if they never if they never wanted to negotiate with him, you see that police car and you see the handcuff that it was on top of that man hand, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had the option to be let go free. So I want to know what the hell that police officer was thinking when they let him go and trusting that he not going to go back in that building. Mm. Come on now, what a fool, though. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an idiot out here, the only one that's thinking this way. But who it is that going to stand up and talk about it? 
Sunday, mm. you're not doing it. You're talking about it, yeah, but you're not doing it. You're not questioning. I'm not? Not really. Not in my opinion, because you don't got no answers. Listen to what you just said. Listen to what you just said. But wait a minute. Listen to what you just said. You just said, hold on, hold on, hold on. They wouldn't have had the option to even get a handcuffed. Alejandro, Alejandro, Alejandro. I'm talking out of experience, Miss Sandra. I've been arrested several times before. But I'm going to take issue with what you just said. You claim that I'm not questioning it. And then you say right after that that I don't have the answers. Well, those are actually two different things. But this is the thing. I, I think if, if, if you hold on now, Let, let's break it down a little bit because you're now speaking pure nonsense. Because yeah, I know. No, I always, I always have been, I always have been speaking well, pure nonsense. I'm not saying Sandra. everything that you say is nonsense, but this morning you're talking pure nonsense on this particular topic. Well, because nobody because questions. I have support in your your movement, right, Alejandra? I really not gonna argue with you this morning. Is that all you have to say? Go ahead. No, I'm listening. No, man. No, 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 no. I'm going to take another call. Yeah. Listen to me. Y'all don't know Sandy. Let me tell you something. Don't get me started, honey, chill. This I not number does that. not subscribe to uh, a voice. Call her, call back. Sorry, I was trying to call you. Uh, this uh, Park says, uh, gosh, he gets to talk too much on the show. Yeah, somebody else says he needs a job. Alejandro, in all fairness, if 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 I'm not questioning stuff in this country, if you can say that, and I'm also not trying to provide solutions where I can think of stuff, I don't know what show you're listening to, but it's clear that you're not lucidly listening to this program on a regular basis. Good morning, caller. Oh, oh hello. Morning, Sandra. Oh, you sound um, like a robot. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you, but you sound very robotic. Oh, try try <laughs> calling back. Try calling back. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what was going on with that connection. Morning, caller. Yeah, this me again, Mildred. Um, I'm complete devocate now for Andrew. I don't think he meant anything. He just don't know how to guide his passion. What he, I believe what he meant is mm. you don't have the answers because it's just them treat you like they treat me and they treat him and they treat everybody. I think that's what he All right. Do. Well, I we did. sure love to give people and, the benefit of the doubt, but thank you. Yeah. But, but you, you, let you, me, you, you, let you, me you, grab this. You see me, AG, though? Oh, Lord. Somebody say he must I have smoked some bad weed this morning. Food. If anybody could work on him, it is you. Make sure he go to law school. Not this time yet. Next Listen. time. Next year, yeah, yeah, you can get them together. Y'all, y'all, y'all need to be realistic now. Um, yeah, okay, baby, thank you. Okay, bye, bye. Um, listen, I'm not gonna cut no chase with nobody here this morning. Let me be very, very clear, folks. Okay, let, let, let me let me not even let me just hold back one little minute. You know, y'all got scared off the premiere again this morning if y'all get me started. <laughs> Yes, caller. Good morning. Good morning. Do I this person says, experience? yeah, you you sound good now. Somebody said we got enough food for lawyers around you now. <laughs> Look here. You know, my granny always say, Jeez empty barrels peace. make the most noise. Jeez, I'm peace. Yeah? Mm. Alejandro, here's a plea. Stop calling the show. Put down the weed because it doesn't seem to be doing anything for you. Go read a book. 
develop some cradle still thinking skills and call back when you've grown two or three neurons. Stop calling the show. <laughs> Lord Jesus, what a mess. Somebody says, sorry, but I think you need to limit his calls. Jeez, um, uh, th this person says, good morning. I think Laval just loves attention. She wants to be famous, even if it's by way of notoriety. She is having the time of her life right now, the center of attention and all eyes on her. She is very deliberate, which makes me question the mental health diagnosis. Well, what I will say about that, and then we're going to, we're going to switch gears and move on to the premiere because he is here. Um, what I would say about that caller is I absolutely agree with you, but that is in and of itself is a mental health issue. It's called narcissism. So, you know, there's something to be said for that, uh, for people who engage in narcissistic um, disorder and narcissistic behavior. Ms. Carol Fox having a good laugh this morning. Um, I don't know, boy. I don't know. Mm -mm. What a hot mess. But um, to say that I, I'm not bringing any issues to the forefront, I think is certainly misguided at best. But let me just leave that there. It's Friday. I'm trying to fight this cold. I'm not going to take offense to it, although I think it was an extremely insulting comment. We're going to just let it go, folks. Sometimes we have to rise up and be the bigger auntie and, you know, just, just let the youngins kind of get it wrong and hope that one day they can get their ish together. In the meantime, we've got Premier Panton in the house. Let's go ahead and take our commercial break. You guys get ready. Get all of your questions ready for the premiere. We're going to be talking about a number of different topics. We will be right back after these messages. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the program. 936-2626 is the telephone number. Uh, thank you so much for all of your comments. Getting lots of them on social media. Um, what a hot mess. Let's move on. Premier Panton. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the Cold Hard Truth. Good morning, Sandra. I hope you are feeling a little bit better. If not, yes. I, hope it, I hope it doesn't last long. Yes, me I mean, say, you know. Um, good morning to you. Good morning to our wonderful Cayman Islands. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a, a little bit delayed coming on this morning, but um, that might be because I have two dogs that can tell me when the rain is 40 miles away and then they decide they want to try to climb up in bed with me and wake me up <laughs> at, at um, three o'clock in the morning <sighs> prevent me from getting any rest. Oh my. But, um, you know, we got to love them. Uh, I'm very, very happy to be here with you. Um, and I know. I, well, I thank heard, you. I heard a little bit of, of the discussion just now. Um, I certainly would say that 
I can't agree with any criticism that you don't examine issues and 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 even suggest solutions um, very often. So I'm not going to agree with that kind of comment. I appreciate it. Um, thank you very, very much. Now, of course, we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, you were scheduled to come on the program yesterday. And uh, I did see you briefly pop into the back studio. And then you left and we got a message saying um, that essentially you, um, the message we got, which I shared with our listeners is the premier's advise that he will not be joining the show this morning. He logged on and was waiting. But in light of the current topics being discussed, he believes uh, that discussions about matters of national importance should be held on a different day than what is currently being discussed. Tell us exactly what happened yesterday. Let's get this the air cleared so we can move on to other things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I know you discussed a whole range of issues. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are many times that those issues are, are very um, important. People want to talk about them. Um, but I had, unfortunately, dialed in possibly just at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you were sort of in the throes of discussing some very, um, you know, sensitive details around the activities of some individual relating to um, sexual harassment, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. If I can call it that, that may be, that may be putting it... Um, too lately yes and, and i i just thought you know this is <laughs> it just sort of hit me that this is not the sort of um background against which i wanted to come on and and talk about um other important issues sorry i'm getting pop-ups here from norton that are blocking my view um mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i i apologize but um that was the that was my reaction to that context, and mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, I'll I'll come on on another day, um, and and discuss issues that I know everyone wants wants um, to have addressed. And it was just that was just it, you know. It wasn't mm -hmm. that, um, and I'll be honest with you and tell you that I was also feeling very exhausted yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I had been on the go, including uh, a trip. Um, from last week hosting the the um, heads of the overseas territories, Caribbean overseas territories, which went through the weekend. So I was probably running a little low on energy and and maybe being a little bit too sensitive, but that was my that was my reaction yesterday when I heard that little clip as I as I sat in the um, in the back of the studio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, that, not that I don't want to come on and talk about issues or, or answer questions from the people at all. I'm mm -hmm. here this morning for that reason. All right. And I, I mean, in all fairness to you, I think had you been listening to the entire show and gotten the full context of what it was, you might not have been so taken aback by that, you know, probably was what was a 30-minute segment that was a little bit graphic and detailed because, you know, the foundation for the conversation was laid. And I think that... Um, after you explained it to me last night, I kind of got that, yes, if you jumped into the conversation at that point, you're like, what on earth is this discussion about this morning? Yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed. Anyway, um, I am here. So Okay. Well, let's, let's move on. 
We've got a lot of important uh, topics that we want to talk about. So, Premier, there's a lot of things that come up, um, you know, on this program and in community discussions that obviously are areas of concern. The first one that I wanted to pitch out, and of course, anybody can call in. It's open mic segment with the Premier this morning. Um, or can we keep you until until the end of the show, till 1030? Um, Do you have any I, I'll try to go for that, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, 936-2626. Um, so, Premier Panton, one of the recurring themes, amongst others, is consumer protection. We hear yeah. a lot of areas where people are being taken advantage of. I mean, on this program, I'm helping people recover money, you know, landlord tenancy disputes. Um, it's just so many issues that under a general umbrella, we're talking about, you know, uh, vehicles that people are being sold that now insurance <coughs> companies don't want to cover them. Uh, the banks don't want to give you a loan in these vehicles because there's such poor quality of service that um, is available from the dealers, right? Just a slew of, of issues. Can we ever, you think, hope to have consumer protection legislation in this country? Or am I just dreaming? Is that a pipe dream? Or you think it might happen? No, no, I don't think it's a pipe dream at all. I mean, I, I think we have to recognize that we we have different pieces of legislation, different provisions, different laws that do um, together provide some degree of consumer protection. And as you know, Sandra, there is the the law um, contains, you know, contract law, um, for example, contains provisions which gives you um, rights if there is a misrepresentation, if there is if the product doesn't match the, the quality that's specified and all this sort of stuff. But but these mm-hmm. are the types of things that um, it means that the consumer has to then go and spend time and money and energy um, pursuing their rights in a way mm-hmm. which is very inconvenient to them. So I do feel that we need consumer protection legislation with an agency um, of government that helps that's that's more accessible, more convenient, can be more proactive, and sort of pursue issues on behalf of consumers. Mm. We do have um, you know efforts through the the local chamber of commerce. They they have um, you know they will sort of intercede and try to to resolve issues as well. But again, that is not something that um, you know they're not completely independent they're they're representing their members as well mm-hmm. and you know in a normal marketplace competition and service to your customer um, making sure that they're a happy customer um, and they get what they want and you meet their expectations in terms of service and quality of product etc those are all important things and they tend to um, lead towards um, a better result for for consumers, but that's not always going to be consistent. It's not always going to be the case. Um, so I do think that we need consumer protection. We've, we've talked about it um, for quite some time. Um, when I was a minister between thirteen and 2013 and 2017, I know I think it was about 2015 or thereabouts. I think the work started a bit before that. Um, the Law Reform Commission 
-hmm. spent some time looking at this issue um and you know i think they issued a paper um seeking to raise the discussions around it get public input mm -hmm. um, to see what sort of direction we should take in order yes exactly law reform commission uh, consumer protection mm -hmm. report um and that you know for me as a minister at the time who had responsibility for commerce i will tell you that one of the reasons i i didn't have the time really to get into that was because I also had responsibility for financial services. And I think you'll remember at that time or during that period, we had a whole range of activities going on. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of bilateral, both bilateral um, tax information exchange agreements. And then we had the multilateral structures that were going on at the same time. Um, which required us to, to um, you know, to, to to be engaged at that level, um, and then also there was a tremendous amount of legislation around financial services, improving the products, addressing um, gaps in in perceived gaps in regulation, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, it, it just took a lot of effort at that time. Um, that was the time period within which initial discussions around beneficial ownership and, and disclosure of that um, also started to kick off. So to be perfectly frank, I had responsibility for this um, particular area in terms of the Ministry of Commerce, but I just didn't have the time to, you know, to devote specifically to this. You'll recall I also had environment. So one of the one of the major things I dealt with it under environment was the uh, passing of the um, the national um, conservation laws at the end or act as it is now. So I, while I believe absolutely that we need consumer protection um, legislation that's more specific, that is more helpful, that um, allows individuals more convenience in terms of pursuing their rights. Um, I just I just didn't have the time or resources in that period. Now, since the last election and since we since this government has been in place, we have had discussions um, previously had discussions and we've had discussions subsequently around um, consumer protection and We've been looking at different elements um, of that, not necessarily an over, overarching um, thing. But I do believe that we it is time that we look at this specifically. I mean, <clears throat> the UN, United Nations have issued guidelines around consumer protection. CARICOM has issued guidelines um, um, and sort of pro forma stuff around um, consumer protection in the in the in the region for the region um and i i the oecd has done the same thing and i believe that you know we need to as a as a as a what we would call a first first world society we need to have these kinds of protections in place the reality of course is that products are changing 
risks are changing with those products. Mm -hmm. um, the business environment is changing. You know, we've things are the whole digital environment uh, has changed things quite a bit. Um, and there are over time, you tend to see more and more the gaps being exposed and, and you, on, you have a better understanding of where the risks are for the consumer. So, you know, that old expression in law about caveat emptor, mm -hmm. which means um, buyer beware. Um, that That is just not the kind of thing that really helps us in today's environment. You know, back then in the, in the, the original days of trading and commerce, you know, you, you physically looked at goods and you, you, you tugged on it, you pulled on it. If it was mm -hmm. a horse you were buying, you open up, you know, pull their lips up and looked at their teeth and all this sort of thing. That's where that expression comes from about um, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm -hmm. um, but that we're, we're long past that. We no longer, you know, we, we buy, people buy things online now and um, you, you deal with, with um, even customers, even um, vendors that are just across town, just across the island. You, do, you can deal with them online. So we've got to, we've got to change um, our approach. We've got to put in place consumer protection legislation and an agency um, which helps with that. So as I said, that's something that we have been discussing. Um, well, um, that, from that there. Is, that is something that I want, I want to bring a focus back to. Um, yes. I spoke to the, the minister um, recently in relation to that. Mm -hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna he is he is very busy with a lot of things but we're gonna try which to minister that would this fall under so this would be um minister ebanks andre ebanks um he now mm -hmm. has he has um financial services and commerce right um uh, as one of his ministries he has another which is um investment innovation and social development yeah. and and social development in particular is very very important for us mm -hmm. obviously it's it's the way we help people who are really vulnerable and in need in the country and he's doing a great job there um so can i just say though find some resources to put towards um addressing consumer protection yes i mean th this is um 2015 is this discussion paper it's very comprehensive i must say i was just having a perusal of it 120 pages um, you know, everyone from the attorney general to um, uh, Cheryl Richards, who's now a grand court judge, Jacqueline Wilson, Kenneth Farrow, all QCs, or at least Kenneth Farrow and Cheryl Richards. Ian Padgett Brown was the chairperson of the Law um, Reform Commission on this. Uh, Hugh Moses, OBE. Um, you know, th there's a lot that went into this. And I mean, I think this is a very good foundation and a good start. They looked at everything from defining critical terms, um, you know, asking the question, does contract law adequately protect consumers? Why couldn't the government, having this amazing foundation to work off of already, assign this to one of your um, consulates, right? Consulars. Because I understand, as you say, ministers have their plates full. They have a lot in their plates. But isn't that why you have understudies, why you have parliamentary secretaries is what they're now called, right, who right. should have the capacity to um, pick up a specific area like this 
and try to see it through to fruition. Why isn't that being done? Um, and there you go. That's a good example, Sandra, of you asking good questions um, and, you know, holding holding um, government to account. The, the, the answer really is that a parliamentary secretary is one individual. They may mm -hmm. have the, the capacity to review this and say, okay, let's get, I, we think we should get started with this. It's still, at the end of the day, going to come down to a question of allocating resources within government, within mm -hmm. the ministry, the relevant ministry, to be able to, to um, you know, take this forward and work with this. Um, so the process really would be um, a, a further review of the, the, the proposals, um, having, you know, given the time, it may be, it may be worthwhile having another like a public consultation on it um, to be able to then narrow down exactly what sort of framework we should start with. <clears throat> we have the ability, for example, to look at other jurisdictions to see what they do and how they started, what, what sort of system they have in place as a, as a initial um, action. Um, and then that, that then gets translated into a cabinet paper, which is drafting instructions, which goes mm -hmm. to, to legal um, government, legal drafting. Um, it and just, someone it, has it, just all that thing is, I, I said all of that just to say that, you know, it really, it takes a lot of resources, not just the attention of one person um, to be able to pursue getting this stuff um, done. And, you know, there, the Law Reform Commission, I think has done a lot of great work over the years. And unfortunately, um, a lot of it has not actually resulted in, you know, um, government taking action or, or moving things forward on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think um, we need to, we need to focus on this one and make sure that, that we take this forward, particularly in an environment where, you know, we have, um, high high inflation and we have you know challenges around cost of living um, that is particularly where you know consumers need that kind of protection there needs to be protection around making sure that you know they're getting value for money um, spending the, the the limited resources that they have it's unfair to them to have to accommodate you know some substandard product or service so I think the time is now for us to make sure that we, we put some effort into this um, and, and begin the, the, the steps of, of um, finalizing the outcome of a, of a consumer protection agency and legislation in Cayman. I mean, I think it would be no surprise to you as well that a lot in the business community may not want that. Um, they may, they may feel that, you know, things are working fairly well the way they are. Um, and, mm -hmm. and they don't want another government agency to have to interact with or be responsible to. Um, but that's, that's an aside. We have to look at what needs the people of the country have, mm -hmm. whether they're getting treated fairly, whether they're getting products and services of the required quality. Um, whether their expectations are being met um, fairly. So I, I, I will give you the, 
the the commitment that this is something we'll we will look at and, and start putting the efforts into getting this done and i know i think um okay um you've been discussing some issues i recently i haven't tracked everything but i know you've been discussing some issues recently around um certain products that may not be um providing the the meeting the required standard and expectations and that's you know that's just one more example of of um a situation where we need an agency who is going to also help in addition to people like you who are bringing the issue to the public and discussing it we need a, a government agency which can help all right johan says dci should be leading the initiative for the development of a better business bureau that then becomes the responsibility of the Ministry of Commerce with the Parliamentary Secretary reporting directly to the Minister with responsibility. The Consumer Protection Agency must fall under DCI at the initial stage um, of setup and draft appropriate laws and regulations. Uh, Marshall says, why does this sound like a runaround? Um, Rosie has a question, which we'll get to here in a second about pensions. Balika says, the discussion paper on consumer protection was issued by the Law Commission uh, in November 2015, some eight years ago. And we do have a caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Yes, Ms. Sandra. Yes, ma'am. I don't want to throw you off where you are either, but um, put this in the stack for me. Mr. Premier, good morning, sir. Good morning, dear. Pleasure to hear you. Thank you, sir. And nice to hear you. Sir, as a conversationalist and a new position as Premier, I enjoy hearing you. You always leave me learn, having known more after your talks than I knew before. Um, and like I said, I, I consider you very reasonable in your public approach. You used a few words, two words, um, one word, but a der derivative of in your, um, in your contribution before. And the two, the words are help and helpful. Mr. Premier, I don't even want to go down this road, but when I call your office, you won't call me back because this is going to take you away from where you all are now. But a, a question I'm going to ask, and please call me, Mr. Premier, I don't want it. A question I want to ask, when persons who are not Caymanian, and maybe those persons have been granted our sovereignty and our citizenship, so on and so forth, when they commit crimes in this country, you know, they go before the courts, they're found guilty, they do their thing, you know, they go to jail, pay a fine or something like that. What happens, uh, say it's a jailhouse matter, what happens after they're released from jail, they write up in my face again? So is there any way that you could write a law? What would the human rights and the, you know, all other things, uh, documents that we must follow to the most minute? detail of oh, you know you commit a crime in this country mm -hmm. you gone we, we, we jumped that paper from you because we got enough our own criminals i can be one too <laughs> yeah. we don't need to import criminals who claim they're looking for a better life and when they come here to better their lives they turn my country into a dumping ground on this on this planet called earth mm -hmm. i don't like that if I lived in another man's country, if he say you walk 500 feet on this side and 200 feet on the next side, that's what I would do. 
they come here and they do as they feel like. Uh, Mr. Premier, the Sandra got my number, so I please call my want to say something. Say yeah, but it's not here perfect. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to female mannered. And mm-hmm. you have a nice sister. You Thank bring much to when you come, come all the time. Please. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Um, I was just mm-hmm. checking to see if I had your number. I'll um, send it to you right now. Okay, thank you. I, I know I have it written down at, at my Yeah, office. don't worry. I, I got her saved in my phone. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, Miss Charlene. Appreciate, appreciate it. it very much. Have a great day, Miss Charlene. All right, 936-2626 is the telephone number. I've just sent you her number. Um, we have a question here from Miss Rosie saying, has the law on the proposed withdrawal from the pension account to, to apply funds to mortgage been drafted? We need help today. Where are we with this one? Well, that is, um, we have issued the drafting instructions in relation to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it takes time to get to go through that process. Um, you don't just snap your fingers. We, we did, we brought the paper, the ministry worked on, uh, on the paper, considered the various issues, um, worked out whether, you know, there were any other issues that arose, um, in connection with the proposals that were being discussed and they identified some um, because at the end of the day this has to be administratively workable um, it has to be legally on all fours um, and and so they, they they took their time to make sure when i say time it was weeks you know um, and maybe maybe a month and a half to make sure that they had everything sorted up brought the paper uh, the paper has gone through cabinet the drafting instructions have been issued so we now have we're now waiting for legal drafting to finalize the the different amendments um to be able to bring that back then as an amendment bill to cabinet which then gets considered and approved by cabinet um once it's approved by cabinet then it goes um then it can be published to follow the normal 28 day uh, notification procedure mm-hmm. uh, you know so this these things don't happen overnight it takes a bit of time there is a there is a very clear process um, you know there's a process in terms of how we get a bill um, and then in, a, in an agreed form which reflects amendments and then there's also a process which is set out in the Constitution which requires the 28 day notice period and it's only after that then that um, that we can deal with it in Parliament. So it is on track, in train, in motion, um, and we will get there. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got another question that has been submitted uh, via WhatsApp. This person says, uh, Miss Rosie, I'm going to just pull your question down here. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Sandy. Please ask the Premier this for me. Thanks. Please and thanks. Dear Premier, I feel compelled to address the issue of civil service mismanagement and the resulting financial burden on our nation. The law designates that the deputy governor uh, is responsible for the civil service, not politicians. Yet we have witnessed instances of illegal suspensions of civil servants leading to costly settlements that weigh heavily on our government's finances. I urge your government to take action and prevent the further wasting of our country's dollars. Additionally, it is vital to consider the negative impact such actions have on other civil servants and their morale. Will your government stand by or will you take decisive measures to address these issues 
and ensure responsible governance for the betterment of our nation. So, um, you know, thank, thank the, um, whoever the author was of mm -hmm. that, um, that note. Um, I think anybody who knows me knows that I have been concerned about some issues um, that, that are connected, that have been mentioned in this note uh, from the time I was first elected. And, you know, at that time, we had several um, prominent civil servants who are basically on require on leave or or staying home and getting paid um, normal salaries. Mm -hmm. um, and then some years later, they ended up um, settling the the their their claims with government in a process through which government basically gave them um, a, a cash settlement, um, but that's all subject to um, confidentiality. And, you know, as even, even the premier wouldn't have the ability to go out and talk about it um, and share any information. Um, the, the problem, of course, is that the elected side of government, as this mm -hmm. note recognizes, is that we're, we're not responsible. We don't have direct control. Um, and there are good reasons um, for that. It's a, it's a different system. Um, and there are, there are good reasons which are articulated for that. But it doesn't mean that we cannot comment um, internally, not publicly, but it doesn't mean that we can't comment internally and say, look, I'm concerned about this. Um, you know, is there a way that we can, we can properly address this? Because at the end of the day, the civil service is comprised somewhere between 75 and 80% um, Caymanians who are our people, who are our voters. And it is our responsibility as elected representatives, um, as leaders in, the, in the, the country, to make sure that our people are being treated um, as fairly as possible. Now, we don't have the right to get into the issues. We don't have the right to find out exactly what um, behavior or what particular um, lack of performance has created this relationship issue where they, there's you know, discussions about whether the individual should continue to be employed uh, or, or what action should be taken to remediate um, the behavior or the lack of performance. Um, we don't have the right to get into that because mm -hmm. constitutionally we're, we're on the other side of the fence. We, we can only look over and, you know, we can comment, uh, we can ask questions. We can, we end up at the end of the day funding the money, authorizing the, the money um, to cover the costs of, of whatever happens with the civil service. But this is something that goes on. We do talk about it. We do have conversations with um, the, the, the civil service. And I can tell you, I, I certainly did that. Even when I was a minister previously, um, I, would, I would raise questions about it and say, you know, this, this doesn't, it, it doesn't give people confidence. It doesn't send the right message. If we have people sitting at home um, 
who are being paid but who are not being um, utilized in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's- off the top of my head, I was actually trying to locate an email because we had FOI this question about how many um, civil servants are in this position. Do you have a fix on how many um, civil servants are on leave at this time? I don't know. I heard I heard someone mention a number of, I think, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know whether that's accurate or not. I know of a couple. I know of at least two or three specifically. Um, I wouldn't say they're on leave um, because of a particular action necessarily. Um, it may just be that, you know, something has started off as being, you know, someone's on leave because uh, someone's staying home from, let's say, the COVID situation. They're they're working from home, but then they've decided and said, well, you know, can I just stay home and, and um, work from home? Um, and then that, that ends up being very little work being given to them uh, so there's a, there's a range of issues it could be um it could be l- lack of performance it could be conflicts mm-hmm. with other people um it could be um, initially health related um but either way at the end of the day i believe that a, a, a reasonable employer um will make sure that they treat their employees fairly um, mm-hmm. That's that's all we're asking for. We just treat people fairly, be reasonable, treat them fairly. Um, if you need to hold them to account, if you need to performance manage them, then do that. But <clears throat> going back to the note, you know, to say that I could tell you that there's something decisive that we could do um, is probably would probably be a misrepresentation. The only thing decisive that we can do is not vote funding for um, certain areas. That's the only thing decisive that we, that, that, that we can really do. Um, and, and, you know, so I think what, what typically happens then is there are just discussions saying, you know, what's happening here? Why is this, why is this happening? Um, and there's usually sharing of information to at least to a point together, you know, to be able to demonstrate why things are, are where they're at. But what I've what I have found certainly is that um, it is often not easy to get out of a situation that's created because you know it becomes a, a cyclical issue if 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 somebody feels that they're being um, managed heavily because of an issue and they disagree with that issue. Then their their behavior may degrade further, um, and then it, it you know it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle, um, and they, it, the unfortunate thing is that you know it causes all kinds of <coughs> lack of confidence. It causes people to be depressed and all this. Sort of thing. So I think it needs to be dealt with in a very constructive way. I think it needs to be they need to face up to these situations and and deal with them. And, you know, because people deserve fairness and they deserve certainty in their lives. Okay, let, let me ask you a few questions leading out of this. I actually have the list here. It's kind of hard to see that one on screen, but um, this is a request that was updated as of February the 7th, 2023. Civil servants on required leave. We had actually FOI this. 
And so we have the Ministry of Border Control and Labor, which had more than anybody else, which is quite telling. I think that's when, um, you know, anyway. I just, I just want to note, though, that um, required leave could mean a lot of things. Yeah, well, we have we requested the reason. So yeah. it does say here. Um, a number of them, we've got the, the grade, the salary grade, the reason. So a number of these are criminal investigations, right. internal investigations, whether or not they return to work in the last six months. And then any comments like one person um, who's been on required leave for four to five years left uh, CIG in uh, 2023. Another person is on criminal investigation leave uh, three to six months. They're on unpaid leave. So this is broken down. It's quite helpful because it's at least broken down by um, by ministry. But the average time that somebody is on leave, some of these are actually quite lengthy yeah. for years. And that's the frustrating part. You know, that is where the difficulty comes in. And and sometimes when it's when it's criminal investigations, um, you know, you would expect you'd, you'd want the wheels of justice to move. Um, as quickly as possible um, because you need to be fair to, to both sides. If somebody deserves to be punished, then that punishment should come as swiftly as possible. Um, but on the other hand, if they're not guilty, then they deserve to be to have that resolved as swiftly as possible mm-hmm. um, and for them to get be able to get back to their work or if they want to, to, to move on. Um, And I mean, you have to recognize, as the person said, you know, one key factor is the morale of not just that individual, but even other co-workers. So, you know, I've heard of situations where government's like, okay, maybe we got this wrong and we want to try to bring them back into the civil service. And that person has lost so much passion for their jobs. They're like, you know, I was on leave for two years. What am I coming back to? Why am I coming back? And then this... That's what I was saying about it. You know, you end up with a degrading situation with a vicious cycle where, you know, someone, some of the behavior and their attitude and their perspective becomes more and more negative um, yeah. the longer this situation goes on. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it impacts the performance of um, ministries and departments. Um, as you say, it mm-hmm. impacts, it, it potentially impacts um, morale. Um, and, and these are, these are important areas that, you know, the more you can keep people motivated, the more they're enthusiastic, the more they feel engaged and involved, the more productive they're going to be. And the more productive they are, the better the result is going to be for the government of the day, for the people of the country. Um, and you know, that is why it's important to make sure that we address a lot of these things. Now, I, I have a, a, a fairly open, um, conversation and relationship with um, with the senior management of the civil service mm-hmm. uh, and you know I am not I certainly don't hold back if I have um, a concern or an issue to discuss with them and and it it works the other way as well um, mm-hmm. if they want to discuss something that they see on the on the political side uh, so that is that's re- that's the way it should be I mean I recognize my limits um, and they recognize theirs, um, but mm-hmm. it's despite what I believe um, reflects well-intentioned approaches, um, we are still having some of these problems 
that um, I mean, I, you know, if someone's on required leave for a year and a half because of a criminal investigation, then I have no qualm with that. That is mm-hmm. probably going to be a normal course of action. But you know, if it's turned into four years, then you know, is there something wrong with what's happening in in the system? Is it is it working? Mm-hmm. And those are areas that we we need to look at. Um, yes, we need to because it's a question. You've got to be fair to people on both sides of the issue. Yes. All right. We've got a caller on the line. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Ms. Sandy. Good morning. And and good morning, Mr. Premier. Good morning, dear. I hope you're well. My name is Annie Moulton. Good morning, Ms. Annie. Founding member and the longest living member of the Business and Professional Women's Club of Grand Cayman. Mm, Congratulations. And today I have a message, uh, sorry, a question Mm -hmm. for the Premier. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm sure uh, his memory is better than mine. And I can remember March 1st, um, uh, sorry, 2023, when we had, when we launched the um, sexual harassment, the premier on the, sorry, let me read the headlines. I've got the paper in front of me. Mm-hmm. It says the premier unveils long awaited sexual harassment bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Premier attended. So that. Uh, a great number of the young persons of the Business and Professional mm-hmm. Women's Club who was very instrumental and put in long hours, weeks and months, and putting this bill of uh, young people from various law firms mm-hmm. who put this bill together, headed up by Joanna Baden-Small. At that luncheon, and I am going to read from the Compass's article. Mm-hmm. It says here, and this was the Premier's words. More than a decade and a half after Cayman's Business and Professional Women's Club began campaigning for sexual harassment legislation, a bill has finally been written. Premier Wayne Panton delivered the draft legislative document to members of the nonprofit organization at a luncheon on Wednesday and announced the beginning of a six-week public consultation on the proposal on the proposed legislation. Mm-hmm. I guess my eyesight is not as good as my voice. The landmark piece of draft legislation has been a long time in the making, he said, end quote. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's taken this long, but it's not going to take much longer. He said the business, uh, sorry, Mm -hmm. Uh, my lighting here is not that great. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's taken this long, but it's not going to take much longer. He told the BPW members, whom he congratulated for their persistence in pursuing the issue over the years. When sexual harassment becomes socially acceptable, 
when a precedent is set that it is okay to violate another human being, their dignity and their rights, or when the belief that being silent is better than speaking the truth becomes widespread, then that is the time that we know urgent, legislat urgent legislative actions is needed, the Premier said. My question to the Premier is, having said that at the meeting in March, when this was launched, and there was other things that he said, which I have, like I said, the statement in front of me, how long, Mr. Premier, is not much longer? Hmm. You promised that this was coming for public consultation for the month of April. Right. After that, it was coming to the House at the first sitting of the House mm -hmm. after that. We waited patiently for the call to say that it had been put on the agenda because members of the Business and Professional Women's Club, like myself, who also was president at the time, and went to a lot of these meetings with the young people from whom I learned a lot on doing law research. And I have to thank them for that. Mm -hmm. Waited for the call to say it's on the agenda so we could go and listen to the debates that were being put forward by the members. I personally spoke to members of the opposition and got my guarantee that they would support this legislation. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, the, how many other members did it, but I know I personally did, mm -hmm. and they know who they are, and I hope they're all listening, and I hope all of government is listening. And when we talk about national issues, mm -hmm. I think that this is an, I know that this is a national issue because as, as a club mm -hmm. that have advocated for this, we know the complaints we get and the people we get it from. Mm -hmm. And believe you me, there isn't one or two. It's widespread and mm -hmm. by people we would never even dream mm -hmm. that would harass their employers. Mm. It is widespread. And I think the Premier knows it as well. That is why he said he was willing to bring it to the House and get their approval mm. and get this bill still going. My question is, how long is not much longer? Thank you, Colin. Your, your question is really when? Yes. Masani, um, mm -hmm. I want to reiterate everything i said previously um but i also want to put in context that you know we the, the public consultation was ran until the middle of april um the the gender affairs unit that is under the cabinet office that works with me um we don't have a very big unit with lots of resources um, and we've had, we've had some issues there where, um, not for, not because of anybody's fault, we've had some, some delays in dealing with, um, 
certain matters. Um, and again, I want to stress, it's not anybody's fault. It is just some things that happen in life from time to time. Um, but we are, I've, I've had several conversations um, with the senior people in the cabinet office to make sure that I am clear of when we can expect to get the revised draft because you know we we sub, we we published the the draft as a white paper mm-hmm. for public consultation um and we reached out to various agencies the the hr um associate the human resources association um chamber of commerce um as many other big employers that as we could, could be aware of um to and the public um, through various means, through our consultation hub that's on the government website, um, through um, meetings that we have had. And we are just sort of in the process now of collecting all the information that's come in from the public consultation and, and mm-hmm. weighing up the, the extent to which we may need to make amendments or adjustments to the leg- legislation in order for it to um, to be finalized as a draft bill that then comes to cabinet, gets approval from cabinet, and gets published. Um, I don't think anybody should have any doubt that I am somebody who is very committed to making sure that the environment that our um, women, our young ladies work in is one which they are valued for their contribution mm-hmm. um, and they're not disrespected or abused or harassed in any way um, because of their gender or any other feature um, I've had to make some very difficult decisions um, over time because of my principal position on issues like this and I am completely supportive of of um, you know the the, the BPWs um, BPWC's position. Um, I am grateful for the amount of time and effort that they put into this um, over the you know 15, 16 years, 17 years, whatever it was. Um, so I am only asking for weeks or a month or two at most. Um, I want to get this legislation forward and get it um, through Parliament this year. Mm-hmm. And so... Ms. Annie, I can promise you that it is not something that has been put down. It is not something that we are deliberately not um, working on. We are still working on it. It's just that we've had some some issues around the the resources available to us um, being 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 limited. Um, okay. So I'm I can promise you that is still high on my agenda. Um, it is still important to the government. Mm-hmm important to the country um, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to get this I think be able to deliver this um, in a matter of weeks or or a couple of months all right would you have another call on the line good morning caller welcome to the program good morning Sandy good morning premier um good morning uh, first of all to, uh, uh, first of all, Premier, you know, you know the way it is. They say that when you miss somebody for a long time, when you see them again, then you love them even more. So I think that's the case with you today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, uh, just two points I want to make. Uh, there's somebody who sent uh, a comment uh, who said, I think, I think they were talking about the interference of, of politicians sometimes in the civil service. I sent in a little note there to say that this is addressed actually in some detail uh, in section 22 and 23 of the Public Service Management Act. Um, I, I'm quite familiar with that act because I helped to write it, me, Tony Dale from, from New Zealand, as well as Colin Ross when he was in the civil service. So if, if that person could go to those two sections, 22 and 23, there are detailed provisions which prevent ministers, um, official members, and members of parliament from interfering. And if they are interfering, there is some there are some guidelines there regarding how to deal with that. But on the other side, there are the public service values in the same uh, act, section four, section five, which which talk about the divided line between serving the government of the day and being loyal to uh, to the civil service. In fact, if that person can just search for the word political you will find about 20 hits and it, it will give you a lot of information about that. Mm -hmm. But let me close on um, a matter that you, you mentioned, Premier. You, you did say that you can't interfere, of course, in the civil service, but you can ask questions uh, as to what is happening. And, and that, of course, is absolutely right. And I just thought I, I should sort of like expand on it to see how it can be used in a broader context to be able to achieve certain ends. And this is not to say that you don't understand that you actually do, but I just want to share this uh, with the public. You see, one of the issues that has arisen a lot of times is that when people have complained about uh, Caymanians, status holders in government who can't get um, like promotions, mm -hmm. Uh, when politicians try to raise those issues, very often from the civil service side, it is said, oh, but you see, politicians, you don't appoint um, uh, civil servants. Mm -hmm. Now, that is correct. And yet, I think to me, I believe that uh, by virtue of what you have said, cabinet should be able to say, Mr. Deputy Governor, can you draw us um, some targets regarding how you intend to move Caymanians up? Uh, give us a, a broad plan of what you want to do, bring it to cabinet. We can't tell you who to promote, mm -hmm. how many people to promote, but we want to know where you are going. Mm -hmm. And if the, the issue that you want is, is money uh, or some other kind of financial support, we can appropriate funds so that we can assist you. I think if something like that is done, uh, it may really be very, very helpful in, in ensuring that people's aims, aspirations are being met in the civil service while not interfering with the actual decisions relating to appointment of particular people. I just thought I might share that thought and see mm -hmm. what you think about it. All right. Thank, thank you. Very, thank yeah, you very much, Thank Carl. you. What's that expression? The absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe that's what yes. he was looking for earlier. <laughs> but yes. I'm certainly happy to, to be on here anytime. And um, I know it's been a little while. Um, yeah, so I agree with his comments. Um, and we, ha we do have those discussions. We ask, you know, is there a succession plan? Um, what are you doing to make sure that people are, uh, are being developed appropriately? And that information is shared. I don't think there's ever any attempt to, to not share that information. Um, but of course, you know, it's a, the civil service is a big organization and the people at the top may not know everything that's going on at all times, at all corners. And I think sometimes that's where you have issues that develop because 
people come to us, civil servants come to us and talk to us and say, you know, this is happening, that's happening. I'm concerned a bit about this. I'm concerned about that. So it allows the opportunity to provide some feedback to say, okay, you know, without, you know, most of the time you're going to be respecting the confidences of the individual. So you put issues across or you, um, you raise a question, which in a way, which um, doesn't betray the confidence, doesn't identify the person, but it helps to either elevate the issue, bring a, a sense of understanding to senior management as to what is mm -hmm. happening and what they should be concerned about. Um, so, and I think working together in a constructive way like that is a good way of, of, um, of both respecting our constitutional positions, but also achieving the, the better outcomes um, for the civil service and for individuals who may feel that there are issues in connection with their, oh. the way they are being treated. Um, with the best will in the world, sometimes, it, sometimes it, it helps. A lot of times it may help. Sometimes it doesn't really satisfy the, um, the perspective of the individual. Um, but at the end of the day, there's not a lot that the politicians or the political side can do. Um, I think they have to make sure that they engage on, on the civil service side. And there's various different ways in which they can do that. Um, but they have to make sure that they, they engage on that side um, to try to pursue an improvement in the relationship or an improvement in the performance so that people are more satisfied and people feel more engaged and involved. Um, people feel, you know, and, and they, they feel a greater sense of esprit de corps, you know, part of the mm -hmm. team. Um, because once that's all happening, once, once civil servants are, it doesn't have to be civil servants, any organization, when you're engaged and you're enthusiastic and you feel that you're valued, you feel that your ideas um, are given some respect and opportunity to be heard, um, you, that, that's going to make you a, a really dynamic and strong team that's, that can move mountains and mm -hmm. accomplish a lot. So that's really, really where we want to get to. We have to have, and I have to say, you know, Deputy Governor, um, I'm never going to tell you anybody's perfect. Um, but Deputy Governor, um, Franz Hansen is somebody who really tries, I believe, um, does, is he capable of making mistakes like all the rest of us? Yes, I'm mm. sure. Does he get it all right? Probably not. But um, mm. one thing, I, one thing I admire about him is that every mm. single day when I run into him somewhere, either we're meeting or I run into him in the hallway or the elevator, lobby, or wherever, I say, "Deputy Governor, how are you today? Awesome, fantastic." So I say, "Well, well, I don't." <laughs> I would like to figure out how I can be awesome and fantastic. So so positive. Well, I tell you what, he might he might be, he might be like what I said. My husband is he he's a fairy tales and rainbow kind of person, which sometimes isn't always seeped in the reality that's happening at the moment. But here's a question for you, Premier, along the lines of um, this whole issue of civil servants. This person is saying, "What about performance performance management within the civil service? How does the civil service manage performance?" Uh, they, they said that their blood pressure was going up listening to this conversation. So they were going to stop listening because they're questioning how on earth um, is the government getting value for money? They said the elected government has to pay attention to performance and effectiveness of the civil servant Absolutely. because we're paying over over more than $400 million of expenditure 
And it would be interesting to ascertain how the elected government satisfies itself that the public of the Cayman Islands is getting value for money. So what sort of performance um, matrix are in place for the civil servants? How do we know that they're performing at the level that they should be? Well, I mean, I think um, there, there are a lot, a number of different things that are, that are underway. Um, one of which is changing the way we budget um, and moving away from uh, an, an output budget to an outcomes budget. Um, so that you're not measuring, you know, how many meetings you've had in the course of six months or 12 months um, on a, on, in a particular department or a particular issue, because that doesn't tell you anything. That's not qualitative. That's quantitative. It's not qualitative. Mm-hmm. Um, we really want to know what the outcome was. How yeah. has, what, what, what has been the positive result? Um, mm-hmm. So there is, that is ongoing. That is a... Um, uh, an initiative that is being followed through um, mm-hmm. by the Ministry of Finance and Economic Development. Um, but the, the civil service and the portfolio of the civil service themselves are working and, and they, they have a number of ways. Um, and I'm sure um, the... Uh, Miss Gloria, who is the chief officer, Gloria Nixon, who is the chief officer, who heads that up, she could very accurately tell you um, all the different ways that they they are trying to measure um, and what metrics they use in order to measure um, performance. I know that's just across the the civil service within each ministry, which within each department, um, you know, there are different ways of of doing that and assessing. The, the the outcomes. I I believe that um, we still have we we have a good civil service. We have a civil service that is capable, um, and and many civil servants work hard. Many contribute, and and we're able to deliver effectively. If if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be a strong country the way we are. We wouldn't be as, as successful as we are. But that aside, does it mean that everybody's working as hard as they could? Um, does it mean that they are contributing as much as they could? I'm not saying necessarily it's their fault. It may be just the environment. Um, the answer is probably no. Their answer is probably there's still lots of room for improvement. So that is the, that's where the challenge is, is to make sure that um, those issues are being addressed those opportunities are there for improvement um and and at the end of the day that gives us better that gives the public better value for money that allows the government to get more done that it wants to try to get done for the benefit of the people of the country and and there's an overall win-win for everybody and a and a better outcome across the board um the, the challenge is always with a big organization how do you make sure those things are working and you're moving up and building up rather than building up one side and falling down here or, or you know taking two steps backward for every one step forward that type of issue um mm-hmm. you know there, there there's a whole range of um management philosophy and initiatives and practices um strategies that um can be utilized are utilized um and 
you know, I think I think overall it's working, but we need to have we need to have some areas um, addressed that will give us better outcomes. Um, I'm not sure why the individual wanted to stop listening because their blood pressure is going up. I guess that means they're disagreeing with some of the comments. Um, well, maybe, maybe just a sense of frustration. Is, yeah, the reality they're is they're not hearing. This, yeah, this is this is a it's a it's a legitimate issue. It is something. It is an issue for somebody to be concerned about, um, and for for an, for a civil servant who is in a particular position where they see things that aren't happening exactly the way they think it, it should be. Um, it could be that they're completely right. It could be that they're partially right. Um, and it, it, it probably is the case that things could be better. So we have to try to work together in a constructive way, both sides of the fence, the political as well as the civil service. Um, and then within the civil service, um, I believe that there, there are ongoing efforts to, to make productivity better, to make the work environment better, mm -hmm. um, to improve the levels of engagement and, and really importantly, to improve um, better outcomes. And I mean, one of the things I've been discussing with internally with, with my team, as well as with the um, deputy governor, is things like dashboards, which tell us, um, which, which provide metrics that can give us a quick idea of whether things are improving in certain in, in important areas or whether they're they're sort of static and is you know sort of stuck um, or indeed whether they're getting worse and they need more attention um, so you know we're looking at doing those types of things that we can produce these dashboards that tell us um, and give us a really good idea of the trends and are things getting better or worse um, All right. Belika says under the Public Service Management Act and regulations, there are provisions for performance bond, which civil servants sign at the beginning of the year. Then at the end of the year, there is, of course, a performance assessment. Yeah. Um, this other person says the civil service conversation is not a balanced conversation. Politicians can amend the public service management law, um, assuming they mean amend it to make people more accountable. Huh. Well, I mean, if, if, if we think there are gaps, if we're advised that there are gaps, then yes, we could, we could do that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the performance management, I think, is, is, is an important way of addressing a lot of the issues that, that have arisen over time. Um, and I don't know because I don't see necessarily, except in my own ministry or ministries, I don't see the extent to which it fully cascades down. But I can tell you that it certainly is occurring um, at the chief officer level, because what happens at the chief officer level is that the ministers are consulted and there's an agreement between the deputy governor and the ministers as to what the... Um, you know what the what the objectives are that the ministers would like to, their chief officers to help them um, achieve, and that becomes a part of their annual um, uh, performance management. That becomes a part of their agreement for the year, 
and they are assessed at the end of the year on how well they've achieved those objectives. So that is an, an element of performance management that is occurring. And I, I, I believe it, it occurs in, in similar ways, cascading down via the chief officers who are responsible for managing um, those in their ministry and, and related departments. But it, it right. is happening at the senior level. Um, mm -hmm. And it, that just, I think what we just need is, is better refinement of that. Um, and, and I think sometimes, to be fair, there are unrealistic perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, there are, if there are five to 10 things that really important things that you want to get achieved in a year, um, that should really be it. It's, it's difficult to say, I'm going to tell my chief officer, I want him, I want him or her to achieve 36 things um, mm -hmm. because they may, they may not be um, synergistic. They may be things that require you to put this down and do that um, mm -hmm. and redeploy resources. Um, so the higher than when people are too optimistic with what can be achieved, um, I think there needs to be more discussions about realistically what should be the important objectives for that year. And usually it's, you know, it could be as much as three things, mm -hmm. but it should be, they should have these goals. They should have these objectives um, so that they can be measured against their performance and achievement of those. All right. We've got a caller in the line and then tons of questions in the queue. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Atrasante, and to, and to the, the Premier, good morning. Yes, sir, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I just got a quick question to the uh, District Council. We know that Westby has went ahead and um, informed the District Council. So I'm wondering if there's anything, or any, like any hindrance, or what is the obstacles preventing the other districts from, from doing the same thing, is mm -hmm. if there is any, or can they just go ahead and form it at their will, or they have to get some special right. allocations or whatever from the from the ministry? Okay, thank you for your thank time. Thank you so sir. much. And, and let's be thank clear, you. that isn't a district council, so perhaps you could clarify in law what West Bay has done, because I think it's muddling the waters, it's confusing people. Right, so, I mean, let's talk about, instead of districts, let's talk about constituencies. Um, yes. And so under the, under the Constitution, you know, there is, there is a provision for um, advisory councils to be set up, which would, um, which would basically assist the representative for the particular constituency to, um, to do their jobs, to be able to, you know, understand exactly what the different needs are and where the different problems are, what, what kind of resources need to be allocated where. Um, this is, has been in the Constitution from its adoption in 2009. Um, we've obviously now switched over to um, single-member constituencies, so we've gone away from the traditional um, six districts exclusively uh, from an from a, uh, electoral point of view. Um, and, and what has I think what has been holding us up is that it is it has been difficult to get agreement on 
how this should be done, how these should be set up, because the Constitution doesn't explicitly um, set out how you do it. Um, and we don't have any legislation which is enforced, which explicitly sets out how you do it. So mm -hmm. we're still at the stage where we're trying to work through and get consensus as to how we set these things up. Um, so, for example, you know, there are some who will favor um, a sort of election process where the people get people are nominated um, who want to serve on the advisory council and there is sort of a, a mini election uh, constant, uh, constituency election for that purpose um there are though and, and then that would result on that would be a democratic process where the residents the voters in that constituency get to determine who who sits on that advisory council um there's another point of view which is that the is is that the representative might want people that they can work with more specifically or they have a better relationship with have better have a longer history with they trust them um, to be able to get things done and tell them specifically what the issues are um, so there are some who would want to just appoint um, an advisory um, council um, and it has, it has been difficult to to really get a consensus around that and it's not just that that is that has been the case um for several administrations probably for well since it since the constitution came into effect um and that is that is why you haven't had it um resolved that's why we don't have these these um advisory district councils um i am willing to take another shot at it to raise raise the issue and see if we can make progress on it um but what what tends to happen in practice is that we all have our own committees and our own committee members who tend to be our eyes and ears in the in the communities and our constituencies and they tell us you know which individuals are in need which roads uh, need attention um where where issues are that we that we need that need attention that need to be addressed um, so it's not that things aren't, you know, that the fundamental purpose isn't being addressed in some way. It's just that we haven't been able to agree on the exact mechanism through mm -hmm. which um, this is this is being done. Um, and I know it, it has been a constant issue. There is the constant complaint that you know con that um, advisory councils are, have not been um, put in place. Um, in a formal way, the the West Bay one, I think that the individual might be referring to, is um, is an attempt. I think that was, um, Madam Speaker, um, Kathy um, Ebanks Wilkes, um, for West Bay Central, and I think others have done it in a, without without the same kind of you know, public or PR around it, um, but others have done similar things, but it's not consistent and it's not a formal thing. It's not a formal arrangement. Um, it is, you know, just a way of getting a group of people to agree to work together um, in the same way that you would, you would put together or you might have a committee that works with the representative. 
Um, you know, I, I would, it would be great if we could have a consensus develop um, through which there's clarity about how we do this and then mm -hmm. we can formalize it by legislation and we could all move forward and everybody, once it's done that way, then everybody knows what needs to be done. And, you know, there may be those who um, prefer some, a different approach, but once it's in legislation, it's in legislation. The problem is getting through that initial stage of setting that all up. Um, and then ultimately it's our job to make sure that, that we do have people who are telling us where issues are and what needs to be addressed. That's mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the purpose that's the outcome that we need um how you get there um could be less important as long as it's as it's an accurate out um outcome mm -hmm. all right well guess what folks it's 10 30 and we still have lots of questions that came in for the premier that unfortunately I couldn't get to um premier panton if it's okay with you i'm going to send those through to your office um, perhaps there's a way that we can get a response to those and then I can update people yeah. uh, a bit later on in that. So, um, yes, it's, it's crazy. Um, I don't know. Vicky says she was expecting more people. It is Friday, Vicky. And I find that on Fridays, you know, um, people, but I can tell you we're at the 300 mark between Facebook and YouTube. And of course, Radio listeners, you can't exactly measure, but lots of people are still there. And the beauty of the platform, Vicky, is people can always go back. So even if they're at work now, they can always go back to these segments and listen to them. We'll clip out just the premiere segment and air that as a standalone piece as well so that people can tune into that. So not to worry. Uh, thousands of people will have the opportunity to, as they normally do, uh, view the show, even if they're not doing so on live at this moment. Modern technology. Got to love it. All right, Premier Panton, thank you so much. Like I said, there were still a lot of questions. My apologies to our listeners. We couldn't get them all in. We did our best, but it's just how it is. Um, you know, we'll forward those through to his office, see if I can get your response on some of those. One thing I wanted to mention in relation to um, the uh, sexual harassment legislation, one gentleman said, I know that women are primarily affected, but let's not forget men get sexually harassed too. Absolutely. I've been sexually harassed on more than one occasion, and I felt I couldn't say anything because it was from a woman. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that's absolutely right. And, and that's, you know, I guess that it, it, it reflects a, um, a focus because I'm male. I, I tend to think of being more protective towards females. Um, but the truth is and the reality is it's a gender neutral uh, piece of legislation. It is designed to prevent sexual harassment, irrespective of which gender is being subjected to it. Um, and of course, you know, it just so happens that, that you know, women, I'm, I'm, I don't know, and I have no basis upon, no, no metric to measure it by, but I would say that it's quite possible that there's an equal amount of sexual harassment in relation to either gender. Um, but I also think that, um, where it does, where it does happen, um, it is going to be, um, worse with, in relation to women, because let's face it, there are more, more men in senior positions in the workplace. And these are issues that we, 
you know, we're trying to address through gender equity and, and whatnot as well. But it still is the case that there are more men in senior positions. And when there are men in senior positions, it's more likely that they're going to be able to negatively impact the, um, the, the careers um, and, and bring about sexual harassment of, of, of women. So it's just going to be the case that when it, when it happens in relation to women, it's typically much worse um, than, than for men. But it, it does act, absolutely happen for men as well. And in some cases, it could be, it could be just as bad as, as the worst that happens with women. So really important. Thank you. I want, you know, thank you for bringing that up, Sandra, because that's an mm -hmm. important clarification. Um, and it is obviously something that I should have brought up. And I, I fell into the trap of, of um, using my own perspective. Um, and I guess we had Masani advocating for um, on, the, on, the, on the women's side as well. Um, yep. Sandra, before I go, I mean, first of all, I want to say thank you again. And I, I certainly do enjoy coming on and talking with people and trying to address concerns and issues. Um, and I will, you know, we, we've got to try to do this, get, get me back on, on, on schedule in terms of doing it more frequently. I guess that would reduce the numbers of questions at times. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I also want to, um, apart from saying thank you, I, I want to take the opportunity to recognize that we have had some absolutely crushing losses um, in our in our communities over the, the past weeks. Um, you know, I was. I, I, as I mentioned to you, I was in Miami um, last week hosting a meeting of the, the leaders of the Caribbean overseas territories. And it was a very productive meeting, very useful, um, strong in relationship building and addressing the cons collective concerns that we have in terms of uh, our interactions with the UK. But one something that happened during that that absolutely knocked me down was losing um, a constituent and a wonderful, wonderful person um, in the form of one of our great Cayman Aries pilots, um, Adrian or Josh West. And I certainly wanted to acknowledge that. And that was something that, you know, it really, it reduced me to tears. Um, mm -hmm. I had to take a break. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I don't know. These things, these things happen and we just don't understand why. But we can only be there for each other and be there for family members um, and, and those in our community. And the same thing happened, um, you know, a, a couple of weeks earlier with the loss of um, Mr. McFarlane mm -hmm. Connolly, um, whose service is tomorrow. And that was um, equally difficult to to sort of work through and, and manage emotionally. But um, you know, we I guess we ha we have to continue um, and help support each other and help support their families. And I just wanted to acknowledge some of them. And there there are there are many others too. Um, 
which I'd like to be able to to mention specifically, but you know, we'll be here for the rest of the day, I guess. But I mm -hmm. just want people to know that across the country to know that wherever you are um, grieving the loss of a loved one, you know, we there are people here who care and people who um, are, are here for you and will help you um, help you manage and. We'll all get through this together. So thank you again. Yes, thank you. I want to say I want to say to everyone to have a very safe um, and, and great weekend. And you know, next week is another is a another week and another opportunity for us to continue to improve the lives of people that we serve in terms of those in government um, and for our people to show the the love and kindness and support and concern uh, that we ought to be reflecting across all of our communities. Mm -hmm. So thank you all. Appreciate it very much. Um, <clears throat> share the love and take care, Kenna. All right. Thanks very much, Premier Pampton. Appreciate it. And folks, I'll just second that in terms of trying to be uh, safe this weekend on the roadways, especially. I try to send out this reminder every single Friday because, of course, I know on Fridays you guys are having a bit more fun over the weekend. No drinking and driving, folks. Take your time on the roadways. There's nowhere that you need to get to in a hurry. That taking a little extra five minutes, um, you know, to ensure that you're safe isn't worth. So, again, thank you guys, as always, for tuning into the program. We'll be back on Monday morning. I'm going to try to get some rest this weekend. Uh, hopefully I'll be back to near normal on uh, on monday and of course we'll be tackling all the topics that are important to you the people of the cayman islands please be safe until then take care thank you for tuning in to another episode of the cold hard truth on bobo 89.1 fm cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7 30 a.m never miss an episode again watch anytime on cmr's facebook and youtube channels for the latest show episodes don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit caymanmarlroad.com for all the latest news and community happenings